All right, welcome. This is Orion Rising. I'm your host, Leonard O'Neill. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, or good morrow, depending on where in the world you are tuning into this show. Share this out, share this out, share this out. Welcome, Rick. Rick is the first one. You're the first one here today. Good morning in Australia. You're on to Saturday the 14th. I am still on Friday the 13th over here in the United States. And everybody freaks out about that. I put a couple of reels out talking about that, how, you know, the 13th happens on every month of the year, falls on a Friday and everybody freaks out. And if you, and if you uh, uh, search for the true meaning of Friday the 13th, you get, you get poppycock, you get uh, misinformation. Oh, it has something to do with the Viking god um, um, of Freya, uh, because that's Friday's Freya's day. And the number 13 is an unlucky number to everyone in the world in all the religions, which is a lie. Uh, the first part is not a lie. Friday, in fact, is um, named after uh, Freya, just like Thor's day is Thursday. Friday is Freya's day. The, the, uh, Wednesday is Odin's day because when uh, Odin's original name is actually Wotan, which means Wednesday, by the way. Um, a lot of people don't know that. The the uh, they all think it's Odin, and it's not. Denise, welcome. Uh, Peter in Ireland, he knows. Peter's here. Peter Coyle, welcome, my brother. Uh, so literally, uh, Odin, what we call Odin. Um, there is no god named Odin. Uh, it was the god Wotan, uh, and that is a, an ancient Viking word that means Wednesday. They actually show that if you watch. Um, there was a TV series that was short lived, unfortunately, and it was called. Um, Oh, what was it called? Something like Modern Gods or the Old Gods or something like that. You can Google it. And it was about um, the people uh, in the world now worshiping money and power and control, fame, and creating basically gods. Pardon me. <laughs> Sneezing. I apologize for that. I should have muted my microphone. I couldn't get there fast enough. So, And then you have all these old gods, Odin. Uh, in, in, as one, and they never told you Odin's name. They never said Odin uh, until later on in the series, season two, I think, at the end of that. Maybe I don't remember exactly when it was um, when they did that. But however, uh, when he, uh, Odin was on Earth and he was and he was uh, uh, revealing himself to you, the the viewer, he was talking to a man. I, I don't remember. He was on a bus, on a plane, on a train, something like that, traveling, and he was in a seat. And the guy said, uh, you know, was talking to him and he said, what's your name? And he said, what is today? And the guy said, why, it's Wednesday. And he said, why, that's my name. Um, you can call me Wednesday. So uh, it, no one realized that unless you actually know real Viking folklore, that that was Odin because his name was never Odin. And I'll explain that in a second. It was Wotan. Right. So 13 has never been unlucky in that religion. And that's what they, the, and the Christians were trying to demonize uh, Freya. So therefore Freya was synonymous with the number 13. So they were uh, de demonizing her. And that's how 13 and Friday the 13th became unlucky. And that is actually not true. Okay. The true story. And the reason I tell you that is because today is Friday the 13th, October, Friday the 13th. It is actually, I haven't done the math, uh, but it is the 1,900 and some odd year anniversary of the reason that Friday the 13th and the 13th is unlucky 
uh, around the world. And I'll explain that. Okay. So literally October, Friday, the 13th in the year 1207 uh, uh, BC or uh, AD. Okay. So they call that a common era now, because if you're non, if you're a secular, uh, that's common era, because you don't want to refer anything to uh, Anno Domini AD, because that's a, a Latin word, Anno Domini, which means in the year of our Lord. So in the year 12, uh, 1207, did I say 1207? 1207, that's when it was. 1207 on October, Friday the 13th was when the Pope in Rome, hence why the Christian church doesn't tell you the true reason why Friday the 13th and the number 13, and they blame it on the Vikings, is because the, the Vikings were basically the people they were going against at the time. The, the uh, Pope in, in Rome and the King of France got together and decided that the Knights Templars who were sent to the Holy Land by the Pope to defend the Holy Land and the people along the route went to uh, the became became called the Templar Knights because they were in the Temple of Solomon. And they were looking for something that they knew from history, digging down into the catacombs of the Temple of Solomon, King Solomon's mines. They went down there and they found some information that they then skirted back off to Rome to, to talk about the information. It became the richest, most wealthy uh, group of people on the face of the earth. They created our checking system and our credit card system and the banking system that we currently use worldwide. Literally, the idea of a check and a credit card was invented uh, in the 1100s by uh, the Knights Templar. They, to become a knight, you had to donate all of your land and wealth to the, to the knights, and you would become knighted, uh, as a, or unless you already were a knight, and then you would become uh, part of their uh, order. So they owned more land in Europe and around the world, had more wealth, more power, more ships, more troops, more everything than the king of France and the pope in Rome combined at the time. Both of those people owed the Knights Templars a lot of money because they borrowed money to uh, wage wars. And so they owed them a lot of money. So the Pope and the King of France got together and said, you know, if we attack them uh, worldwide and arrest them, we can take everything they own and divvy it up between the two of us. So they said they got a secret pact together that on Friday the 13th, Zulu time, Friday the 13th, October, Friday the 13th in the year 1207 at exactly 7 a.m. in the morning, the uh, Greenwich Mean Time, they would arrest all of the Knights Templars worldwide and seize all of their assets, all of their money, all of their ships, all of their troops, all of the, everything they own and, and, uh, and arrest them. And anybody who would not fall back in line, they would kill and, uh, and, uh, in, or imprison and torture and all of that. Okay, so they literally had a list of names that they were going that, that were known Templar Knights, and somebody tipped off the Temple Knights, and in the middle of the night, prior to that, which took a, a massive coordination worldwide, the Knights Templars literally disappeared into obscurity in the middle of the night, and only a handful, about 180 knights, stayed behind to be arrested, and the, and the uh, head of the organization uh, sacrificed himself, and none of them would talk, no matter what torture that they had, and if you were on that list, 
it was bad luck for you. And from that day until this day, uh, what is that? Uh, 1207. So we're looking at 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 2007 would have been, uh, you know, 900 years, 800 year anniversary was in 2007. So in 2027, it'll be a 910 year anniversary of this attack on the Templar Knights when they disappeared into, or 810 years, I apologize. So literally that is, so today is an anniversary. It's Friday the 13th, but moreover, it's October, Friday the 13th. So it literally is an anniversary. There's, there's, you know, it literally we're at 2023. So in four more years, it'll be, it'll be 910 year anniversary of, uh, of, of the, this uh, entire debacle. So because of that, if your name was on the list, you were unlucky. It was unlucky Friday the 13th because it happened on Friday the 13th specifically. And that is the actual reason for Friday the 13th. Although when you look it up, they give you some uh, thing that the church wrote, blaming it on, oh, well, you know, it had to do with the church trying to demonize the Viking goddess because she was synonymous with the number 13. Forget about Ganesh also being synonymous with the number 13 and and uh, and uh, Marmaduke or what's his name, uh, 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 a few other gods around the world who were also the number 13 was the God number in almost every religion on the earth, except for Christianity, including uh, Hebrewism uh, and Hinduism. Uh, so we'll forget about all that. They never mind that now. Don't look here. Don't look here. And don't look at the church and the atrocities that the church committed. It was those evil Vikings that we were trying to control. And so we demonized their goddess and she was synonymous with the number 13. And that's why it's unlucky. And because Friday is her day, Friday the 13th became the most unlucky day. That's what you'll get on Google. That's actually a lie. If you actually know real true history, you know that it literally began in 1207 when that happened. But they don't tell that story. It's hard to find on the Internet. You have to actually look into it to find it. And it's one of those things where they're like, oh, yeah, and by the way, this non-event happened. It's just like uh, the cover up of uh, then later on, uh, you know, or before that, I should say prior to that in the year 33, around the year 38 or 39 uh, A.D., that you won't hear that the in the south of France unless you go there and talk to the people in the south of France who still worship Holy Mary because Mary, the, the wife of Jesus, turned up over there after she was kicked out of the church after Jesus died by the guy who took over the church and became the first pope. And they started a religion there that, uh, that uh, about 15 years later, uh, the the Pope in Rome uh, attacked and murdered more than two people, two million people in the south of France to shut them up because they were teaching what Jesus was teaching and said that the church in Rome was fake and had evil people in charge of it. That's hard to find in history, too. But if you go and travel to the south of France and you talk to the people there, they will all tell you this story and everything that was going on. It is in the history books and it is there. But the but the same church has, has it tried to eradicate that into obscurity, just like they have with Friday the 13th, because it is, it is an atrocity that they created out of greed to gain global power and land mass back that they lost. And because of that, the Knights Templar have been setting up shop since 1207 and further on have been uh, resistant 
to that cabal that is that is trying to say they own the planet. And those people to this day, I have been knighted by the Holy Roman Catholic Church, and the Knights of Columbus, who I am a part of and been knighted by, were outed by the church, and it took 150 years because they were descendants, the creation of that, of Templar Knights, just like the Templar Knights are now back in order around the world by the same Sinclair family, who were the last people who were in charge of the Temple Knights when they were attacked in 1207. That same family bloodline has started up the Temple Knights. That entire organization and some of the Knights of Columbus who are descendants or uh, sympathizers with that have been fighting against the cabal. So they're not going to tell you the reason Friday the 13th is unlucky is because they failed at their attempt to take control of the world and the people revolted against them. Sound familiar, COVID? Uh, and uh, and they don't want that to go in history as uh, because ever they want everybody to trust them and the church. And it wasn't us. It was those evil Vikings that everybody hates because they rape and pillage everywhere. And Friday's Freya's day, and she's synonymous with the number 13. She was the goddess of love and war. Uh-oh. So love and war, and there all of a sudden they forget she had anything to do with love, like Isis was also the goddess of love and war in that religion. And they, and they just take all of that into obscurity and go, nope, nope, had nothing to do with that. It's because those evil Vikings who were attacking us in England and took over our country. It was because them. That's why it's unlucky. But that's the honest lie. The, the, the real truth is that. So the Friday the 13th, if you're superstitious, has nothing to do with anything magical at all. There is no magical thing in the universe that occurs on Friday the 13th and your life is cursed. And you're going to, if a cat walks, a black cat walks in front of you, you're going to die. If you break a mirror, you're going to get all of those things that are, those are for children. Children are afraid of the dark. Children run around like chicken little. The sky is falling. Do you know what that story was from? It was raining. It was raining and chicken little uh, thought the sky was coming down. It was falling, ran around telling everybody that we are all going to die and that the sky is falling because it was raining and chicken little was was not understanding what was happening. Uh, and because of that, he had never seen rain before. That's the truth of that story. So when you look into these stories, is my point, you will then realize that by but not knowing anything and just listening to what somebody posts on the internet, you're going to get the blind leading the blind. Children are going to be telling children other stories that are not true, which is kind of going on right now in the world with everything that's going on in the Middle East currently with with uh, the, with Israel and with, uh, with uh, uh, Gaza. Uh, because you have both sides that are just putting out massive propaganda and uh, and people are saying, well, what they, whatever, it's not happening. It's the same propaganda that was going on during World War II and any other war for that matter. Where like in World War II, there's still people who believe that nothing happened to the Jewish people during World War II. And that was an entire lie uh, by the American and British government because they were uh, at war with the with the Germans. There might be some uh, truth to that, but I don't believe so. I've actually seen the film footage. So somebody was starving human beings and filming them. They weren't actors because if they were, they had to get down to about 60 pounds and be six foot tall. And I don't know anybody that would do that to themselves uh, uh, for money. Uh, you know, however, that everybody, that's one of the theories. They're just all those people in that place. Uh, that never really existed. And that was just the, the, them filming these guys who were actors 
uh, that were pretending to be dead. The whole thing was just a lie to go to war with the Germans. That's not what started the war. That, that stuff happened way later. And uh, the German people who were near these places were taken to see these places that they knew existed and acknowledged existed and that it was theirs and there was prisoners there were taken to see these actual events and they testified that that was real and but nobody wants to believe that so unless you go there you're not going to know what's really happening is my point okay so you have to realize that 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 is what they do in everything and you have to realize, I was just talking to my brother about this. One of the things he learned in leadership school and in theology class that he's going to get his, his uh, master's degree in theology or maybe a doctorate. I'm not sure how far he's going to go. Maybe just his bachelor's degree. But either way, one of the things they teach you when you take these courses is that, that the news on every platform on the face of the earth is lying to you. None of them are telling you the actual truth of what's going on, that they're all slanted one way or the other. So you have to, the only way that you can figure out what's really going on is you have to listen to what each side is saying and realize that each side is painting the other side as the devil and that we didn't do anything and that they're the aggressor. And, uh, and you have to look at both of those and then you can take those two together and put them together because just if you have two children and you hear a ruckus, and if you don't have children, you don't know this. If you have two children or more than that, and there's a ruckus in the other room, when you go in there or when they run, comes running out crying, they're never going to say, I went up behind him and punched him in the back of the head, and then he kicked me so hard that I'm crying now. He's, whoever it is, he or she is going to say, he hit me, she hit me, I didn't do anything. And then the other one's going to come in and say, no, that's not true. I was sitting there doing nothing, and this one hit me. And so they're both going to say the other one did it. And they're both going to say they were not doing anything and they're innocent. That is exactly what's happening around the world. And the same thing that happened with Friday the 13th. It, it, and so you have to listen to both of their sides saying the other one did it. Put them together. And when you do that, you'll find what are the events that they both say happened in common. And that's what you're going to find out is the truth. Not what they're saying. I didn't do anything and it was them. Because that's the chicken in the egg, right? So, so when did that whole thing start over there? And and people are like, well, the, the Jews have been there and took our land. You mean the land that used to belong to them before they left to go to work for the Egyptians and you guys moved in and took their land? And then they came back and said, this is our land? Or the land that they were on that belonged to you prior to that? And you guys fought over and they won because you guys fought wars and the victor goes the spoils. How far back do we go with that to establish who owns what? Okay, so now we ignore the fact that somebody conquered the place and that there was a peace treaty that ignore that and go, no, no, no. That's actually my land that you're on. That's kind of like California is with Mexico. The people of Mexico are like, this is our land because you guys took it from us. And like, okay, I wasn't the one who did that. My people weren't even in this country when that happened. And you're right. The United States came in and kicked your guys' butts out. And then they paid you for it later as reparations. So your formal government accepted that money and accepted a peace treaty, which now makes that property no longer actually yours. Okay, so if you guys had a problem, why did you wait five generations just to decide now all of a sudden you want the land back? This, that's kind of what's going on over there. And you know, do they have a, a right to this land? 
Well, let's let's talk about that. The people that are in Mexico are, have ties to Spain when the Spanish invaded and took all of the land from the Native Americans. So do we go back to the Native Americans and say it belongs to them and everybody has to move out except for anybody that can prove they're actually Native American? I'm cool with that because I'm 5% Native American from Southern California. So that means that my people own some land here and you guys need to get out and get off my country. Do you see my point? How far back do you go prior to the Native Americans? That is all insane. The same thing is with Friday the 13th. Why is this important? Because what we're about to get into in the law of one and what we were talking about the law of one last week, they literally were talking about reparations and people having to actually uh, um, or trying to get reparations in the third dimension for uh, atrocities that happen, like, say, uh, with the, the uh, nuclear explosions around the world and that damaging the earth and the fabric of space time and your immortal soul. OK, and that is that is what's happening now uh, is that everybody that is here, even when you're born here, if you haven't been here before and you're born here and you come into this planet, you immediately take on the damage that is here because of this radioactive uh, stuff, this isotopes that are going on right now that you're unaware of that are globally around the world that have damaged the earth and have damaged all the souls that are here. Okay. And so on top of everything else that you got going on, your immortal soul is actually damaged as well. And this is what we're talking about. So some people are saying, well, we have to have reparations for that. Well, I wasn't here then when the, when that uh, started, I was, I was on the planet, but I wasn't one of the people that were uh, responsible for the nuclear detonations that are, were happening. Right. So how is it that, again, how should I be paying reparations to somebody? That'd be like me saying that I need to pay money to uh, African-Americans because they were enslaved 160 years ago when my people were in Ireland at the time and maybe even in, in Scandinavia at the time. Uh, and my people have never owned slaves ever because they were slaves uh, at one time. That's not even me and the soul that I am now. It's the DNA that is attached to my physical body. So how can you say that just because you have a physical body uh, that belongs to a certain race, you owe money to another race when none of the people that are alive today did those offenses. Because if you do that, then you have to, everybody has to pay everybody and it's a wash because then the Germans have to pay the, the, uh, the uh, uh, Hebrews, right? The white people in America have to pay the Africans. The white people all around the world have to pay all black people. And then white people have to pay white people because they enslaved each other as well. And then you have to have the Chinese pay the Japanese because they enslaved them and the Japanese and uh, pay the Chinese because they also enslaved them back. Uh, and then the Egyptians enslaved everybody else. So they have to pay everybody. So that's the black people that now are getting money from white people have to now pay white people. And then the Portuguese have to pay everybody because they enslaved everybody from the black people. And the black people were the ones who were enslaving their own people. Do you see where I'm going with this? I can do this all day going back a hundred thousand years and everybody has been a slave and has, uh, and has had slaves every race on the face of the earth. They've also sacrificed people in the name of their gods. So there's other reparations that everybody needs to pay. And if everybody has to pay everybody and the money just exchanges so everybody feels good, let's just pretend we did it and it's done. Because the truth is nobody's going to get rich because as soon as they get money, they're going to have to pay somebody else. Uh, and then it's just going to keep going around until everybody has done it a hundred times. And then we go, okay, now everybody has been paid reparations. And guess what? We're just as poor and we have the exact same amount of money that we had before we started. So now can we get down to business of healing ourselves, the world itself, and dealing with actual issues of the planet? 
That's my point. So we're going to get into that and talk about uh, the some of the you'll see as we go. But we are I'm going to lean up to it again because literally it was perfect timing with what's going on in the world. I'm not saying that we should downplay uh, anything what happened and what is happening because we don't know for certain what's being claimed is true. But we also don't know for certain that what's being claimed is not true. So we have to assume that some of everything that everybody's saying on all sides is actually happening as bad as they're claiming it and what you see on camera. So either way, it's a lose-lose. And it's unfortunate that you have a power struggle because evil people are trying to kill people that are not evil. And now those people have to retaliate and uh, and fight to uh, to take the freedom. You can pick the side that you want in that uh, holy war because it is a war of evil and politics and it is a land war and it is a war that is part of that religion. So uh, so you can do what you want there and pick a side. You can see me as your enemy, do whatever you want. Uh, I don't really care about that. I just uh, am afraid for the amount of people that are going to die now uh, because of uh, of uh, leaders that are greedy on all sides that are trying to assert power and control over one another because of religious uh, reasons. And I don't. And then because of religious reasons, uh, the first religious reason I meant po- the religion of evil, and that's politics. And then they're using and and you know the ones who say we need to keep uh, the church and state separate. They're they're on their in their church and religion. They're pulling the other religion in and using that religion to get people stirred up to fight against each other. Uh, but they're the first ones who say, "Wait a minute, we can't have you guys telling us what to do." But then they use the religion uh, every single time they need to to get people stirred up on both sides to kill each other. Isn't that strange? You should pay attention to that. Okay, so literally we were talking about the ramifications of the nuclear. Uh, detonation and war and what that does to the to the spiritual body, not the physical or politics or any of that. Um, unfortunately, because it's Friday the 13th and because the, the, the stuff's going on in the Middle East, which now is affecting everybody in the world, uh, we have that going on and all of that is in the physical. So we're going to get into that. I'm going to start uh, on, I think I'm on question 30, session 26, question 30, and we'll continue. I know I went a half an hour. I usually go a ways to get people, you guys all in here. And I see you guys are talking in the chat. I haven't really read that. I'm, I put my glasses on now, right? I think you guys are talking to each other. So if you guys have any questions, let me know. However, I want to start and I wanted to preface that because we're going to get into talking about, uh, they were talking about UFOs and people seeing them and um, the the uh, organizations that have come here to help people and uh, how much uh, their involvement is. And so I stopped last week so that we can get into this this week, not knowing that all of that was going to take place, but it was perfect timing, I see now. Uh, and you'll see how that ties into. So I'm going to do, I'm going to start with a soundbite. You guys let me know if you guys can hear it okay. I'll adjust the volume if you guys need it higher. And we'll start with this question, uh, this session 26. I believe it's question number 30. But don't quote me. I could have backed up a little bit further. It's somewhere between 26 and 30 uh, that I backed up to. Okay, so here we go. 26.30 questioner. And then, can you describe the mechanism of the planetary healing? Ra, I am Ra. Healing is a process of acceptance forgiveness, and, if possible, restitution. The restitution not being available in time slash space, there are many among your peoples now attempting restitution while in the physical. Do you see why I let in the way I let in? Okay, so literally, uh, the restitution for what's going on 
that thank you uh cassie for the for the uh, uh telling me that it sounds good uh, that it is not something that it is that is not something that is supposed to be uh, sought after in the physical because then you're just going to get cash you're just going to get money and it's just going to be more eating of the tree of life and and living in the physical the true uh nature of of anything that you can get as restitution is going to be a spiritual uh, restitution and raw here is actually uh, telling that. So now do you understand why I literally spent as much time talking about what's going on around the world, starting with Friday the 13th, because it, here in, in most places around the world, it's still Friday the 13th. Actually, I can't say most places because we are in the afternoon here. So most of you are already on to Saturday the 14th. Uh, however, you went through a Friday the 13th and how fake that is and how that is just something that they throw together, uh, just like they do holidays where they promote them. You know, they, they promote all these holidays like coming up. We have Samhain coming up in that holiday uh, and they're promoting that around the world to make money off of it. Yet they'll tell you that they don't want to have anything to do with that religion and that that religion is the religion of evil. And, and But yet uh, they have Christmas. They have uh, they have all the holidays that came from. Uh, the Vikings in Europe uh, that we call the holidays now, except for like Thanksgiving, depending on where you are, if you have one, but all, most of the other holidays. And then they have the religions jumped on board and they were like, Oh yeah, Hanukkah happens on the same time. Weirdly that Santa Claus comes. Oh yeah. Jesus uh, at the same time, which is weird because Jesus was in, in September was born and, and died, uh, you know, and, uh, and was supposedly crucified uh, in uh, somewhere or in June or something like that. And then he was, and then, it, so he wasn't born on Christmas day, but yet all of a sudden he was now uh, born on, on to the 25th of December. And you can go back and find stuff in history, not online. Cause if you go online, it's all controlled, but you can go and find actual hard copies in places and libraries around the world and scrolls around the world where you can see that there was a time when things were completely different than they are now. And they've been adjusted why is that? They're adjusting everything for for to to literally try and outlaw one religion, yet all of the money that they make uh, in part of their religion, which is called retail, uh, that all of the money they make is in the holidays. I know that because I was a retail manager for 12 years. That's the time when you have uh, when you go into the black, hence Black Friday, the day after Thanksgiving in America. That's when th that day from the day after Thanksgiving in the United States is when all retail companies start turning a profit. That means January, February, March, April, May, June, July, August, September, October, they are actually in the, in the red and they are not making money until November and December. And that's where they make all of their money for the entire year. Their profit comes in, uh, in between October, November and December, what is called the holiday season. Okay, so you take away those religious holidays and retail doesn't exist and doesn't create enough business to make enough money for to stay open for the entire year and to get as large as they are and to make as much money. So they have to have this stuff that they're telling you is bad and evil. They need it, desperately need it to survive. Okay, so yeah, I've done... Cassie says, I remember putting my glasses back on so I can read. I remember learning about the real truth of Friday the 13th from Leo about three years ago. Yes, I've, I've done. You can go back in my archives. Uh, you can't do it on YouTube anymore because all of those were deleted. Uh, almost, uh, almost 500 and, and almost 600 episodes were deleted off YouTube when they deplatformed me a year and a half ago. But you can go to, uh, to Orion Rising on Facebook and you can look at videos and you can go backwards. And you can see that I've done multiple 
um, uh, uh, shows on my podcast. Uh, you can't, I don't have those. I don't think I have them all on air on, on regular MP3 podcast. I think there's only, um, uh, a few hundred uh, uh, episodes on that. All the rest of them are on uh, other platforms. So, but if you do, you can go and I and I've done multiple, multiple hours on talking about the Templar Knights, the number thirteen. Uh, literally, like three-hour shows uh, telling you the entire story of the number thirteen, why it is what it is, the Templar Knights, and why the uh, number thirteen, Friday the thirteenth, all of that. Uh, so it's out there. You can go and those are old. I did those like six years ago. Uh, and uh, so, uh, you know, people forget and they're like, oh, spooky Friday the 13th. Bad luck. Gonna die. I tripped and fell. And that was because of Friday the 13th. No, it was because your intention was, oh, no, I'm going to hurt myself and something bad's going to happen to me. And I'm telling the universe that I'm scared and that something bad has to happen to me because I believe that Friday the 13th is bad. And I just know wanting, telling the universe to set this up, something bad's going to happen. I can just smell it. I can sense it. You're actually, your intentions are, are creating what's going to happen to you, right? And that is literally what you have to realize what's going on, right? So Mel made it. Good morning, or good afternoon, good evening, and good morrow. Mel said that she was not going to make it today because she was supposed to be going to look at a property. So either I've been talking long enough or she's doing it on the way there or she already has done it. Now she's back. But she was saying something about going to look at some uh, property today and not being able to be on here. So welcome, Mel. Um, okay, so let's continue. Uh, reparations are not something that are should be sought after ever in the physical. They are something that is uh, that is needing to be adjusted within your psyche in a spiritual way. All of that. So if you feel that you are a uh, a, a victim in some way you're not going to get any gratification from getting cash for your uh, problem that happened. It's still not going to fix the problem. So, you know, it, it, one thing, putting someone into jail for what they have done, you, you know that they're being punished, but it's still not going to make you feel good. An eye for an eye, like everyone says, well, that person did harm to one of my family members, so we need to kill that person. And, and if you go by that, then that means that anybody who's attached to that person after you kill them has to kill you because you killed that person. So now they need to be an eye for an eye and kill you. And then when he kills you or they kill you, then everybody that knows you has to kill all of them who applauded to kill you. And then that just continues until it gets larger and larger and everybody kills everybody and everyone dies. And then there'll be one human being left on the planet if he's lucky, he or she's lucky enough to survive and everybody else will be dead because we continued with the eye for an eye and every time somebody kills somebody that there has to be revenge. And, and someone has to kill that person because they have to seek revenge uh, and uh, for that person. So that just, just goes on forever and it'll never stop. It can't stop until somebody says, no, we, we're not going to get anywhere by doing that. So an adult in the room is going to have to at some point say, wait, no, that's not going to fix things. So that and that's because that adult now realizes that you literally aren't going to get reparations in the physical because you can always say that's just like, you know, people that are greedy are saying, well, I need to get paid money because I'm Native American. I need to get paid money because I'm uh, African-American or African, whatever country they live in. I was my my people were slaves 150 years ago, 200 years ago. Uh, so therefore, I need to get paid money. That's just greed. You just want money. Truth is, it doesn't affect you. It's not affecting you now. You're not a slave now, 
right? Oh, you don't know what we go through. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, I do. I'm white in a time when that makes me a racist no matter what. And that's what's being taught to people. So I'm being, people are being racist against me because I'm white, worse than the white people, except for they're not hanging anyone yet. Give them time. They're going to start lynching people and say, well, that's just reparations. We're doing that because they deserved it. That's what's going on in the Middle East right now. You have one side saying we're killing the other side because they deserved it because something they did that was an offense to my people a long time ago, right? A thousand years ago, 800 years ago. Oh, no, they were killing people yesterday. They were slaughtering people yesterday. Right. And and oh, really, I'd like to see some film footage. And, you know, so the whole thing is just it's all fake. And the problem now is that it's so easy to fake videos. I remember doing the same thing when they were talking about I don't remember what the war was that was going on. It might have been after 9-11. And they kept showing these people that were being uh, paraded around and murdered and killed by these so-called bad guys. And some of us realized that we were seeing the same woman over and over that was supposed to be dead. And we kept seeing her in different places on film. So we took the photos and we started looking at them to see if it was the same woman. And we exposed that they were literally telling you lies about what was happening and showing you these atrocities and saying, this just happened in, in Baghdad yesterday. I'm using Baghdad as a, as a, uh, as an example here, it probably wasn't that that uh, city. But they were saying to justify <coughs> going in and killing these people, look, all these people died. And the truth was none of those people were dead. They were alive and they were actors and actresses and they were being paid money to be on film. Uh, and they were going around to different places. And some of us started realizing that and showed it to the world. And then all of a sudden that stopped. Um, but But that was what was happening. So the same thing went on. Here's another example. The, the coalition of, of Christians and Jews asking for money. They never asked money for any Christians. They never asked money for any uh, 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 old Christian women. Uh, they never asked money for any old Christian men. They never asked any money for old Jewish men. It's always old Jewish women who saw the Holocaust. And in the beginning, they were all uh, Russian. Uh, these women were all Russian. And then when all of a sudden, halfway through the assault on, on Ukraine, about six months into that, all of a sudden, these same women, the narrative was changed on the exact same commercial and the voiceover now said they were Ukrainian Jewish women and that they needed money. And I was like, wait a minute. Like yesterday, that commercial was on the air and they were Russian Jewish women, the same person. And now they're telling me that that woman is not Russian. She's actually Ukrainian and send money to help the Ukrainian Jews. And I was like, wait, that's the same commercial with a different voiceover now that's updated. No one else seemed to notice that until I pointed it out. I'm sure there's other people that were trying to point it out that I haven't heard from. Uh, and now all of a sudden that commercial hasn't been on the air lately. Why? Because I pointed it out and other people must have pointed it out. And somebody must have showed, look, here's the commercial that it was on the air prior to a certain date. And here's the same exact commercial. And they just changed the voiceover and said that they were Russian Jews. And now because Russia is is the bad guy, according to America, all of a sudden that commercial just changed and it was uh, and it was uh, now uh, Ukrainian Jews. And I talked to Cassie about it. And she goes, you know what? You're right. I noticed that. She's just now telling you that in the chat. I noticed the same thing. They changed the destination of, of uh, who these people were or whether, whether their race of people. And then you had people trying to defend it. Well, they were actually Russian, Ukrainian. Uh, they lived in Ukraine, see, uh, but they were just, and I was like, well, no, no, you're, that's a different race of people. 
That'd be like me saying that, you know, that, uh, oh, well, I'm an American. And then all of a sudden America is the bad guy to the world. And then all of a sudden I'm like, no, 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 I'm not an American at all. I'm in fact, I'm, I'm Canadian. Yeah. Yeah. I was born and raised in Canada. I'm not American. That's a lie. And, and that person didn't claim it. She doesn't understand. She doesn't even speak English. And, and I wasn't paying attention to the language, but it didn't seem like it was, um, it seemed like it was, it was Yiddish wasn't even Ukrainian or Russian. I know both of those languages. I'm not fluent, so don't don't get me wrong. But I know those I know how what they sound like. And when that woman is being translated, she's not she's speaking Hebrew. Right? So oh well, because she's a Jewish woman. Well, how come she's lived her entire life and never learned the language of the Russians or the Ukrainians and she's only speaking in Hebrew and she doesn't know English either? Because she's not talking to the woman who has talking to her is talking to her in in Hebrew, Yiddish, and not English and not English, but she's talking and translating to the camera in English. Weird that this woman, who was in Nazi Germany supposedly and escaped as a child, which she would have to have been two when it happened to be still alive now and be over a hundred years old, because we're in 2023 and that happened in like latest uh, was 45, but in prior to that was in the 30s. So if she was a kid in the 30s, she would be a, a 97, which is possible, right? She'd be 90 something right now, which is possible. But she never learned. She wasn't speaking German. She didn't. She only knew Hebrew and she moved to Russia and or Ukraine or wherever she lives now. And she never learned that language. Do you see my point of where I'm going here? All of this is deception for a profit, for a gain. Do you see? All of this is deception for a gain, and you're not going to get any actual reparations in the physical because the only thing that you'll ever get is you'll get justice. That could help you if you allow it, but you you, you can't get anything else. Give me money. That's not going to that, – what that will do is that will just give you money to, to spend. It's not going to fix the problem that's going on inside of you. To do that, you have to actually look within within yourself. And this is what Ra is saying here. Uh, so I'm using all of these modern uh, religion of evil scenarios to give you uh, what Ra is talking about here in this. And now we're going to move forward. Okay, so here we go. 26.31 questioner. How do these people attempt this restitution in the physical? Ra, I am Ra. These attempt feelings of love towards the planetary sphere and comfort and healing of the scars and the imbalances of. Right. Let me stop real quick because because Cherry said, uh, you know, I don't really know what's going on in Israel. I still barely don't. That's the problem. The truth is there is evil going on. People are killing each other. That's the only thing that we can say. Both sides have agreed on that. They're actually killing each other. OK. And both sides are saying it was that one's fault there. It's just like two children that were just fighting in the next room and they both come in and they got a black eye and their bloody nose and they're crying and 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 they're all scuffed up because they were fighting. Uh, and it, or one of your kids comes running in and says they're fighting in the next room. And you're and you're like, well, what's going on? Instead of getting up and going there, you're going, well, what's going on now? You have to believe that whatever that person's telling you uh, of the events is true. So now we have people that are embedded over there, but those people that are embedded over there are on specific news channels. And so you can't guarantee that 100% accuracy of what they're claiming because one news channel is, is supporting Israel and the other news channel is not right. Depending on what you're looking at. So you have to look at it with a grain of salt. Is there atrocities happening? Absolutely. And people are dying and that is hideous 
and that is and that is frightening, and that could uh, erupt into something larger on a global scale. Who started it? We have to look at how bad, how far back it goes. None of that's important. What's important is that people are murdering each other right now and killing and fighting. And we need to figure out how we can stop that from happening without picking a side and finding a, a neutral ground where everybody can get along. And some people hate that because they're like, you're either with us or against us. Well, both sides are saying that. And, and you know what I mean? Uh, so I think that there should be sovereignty for, for all people. And the truth is that I do know that one of those groups of people is trying to eradicate the other. And now you have both of those groups trying to eradicate each other because now they're in a war. So they're going to figure it out, but all the rest of us need to stay the hell out of that fight and, and, and try to encourage them to not be brutal and to listen to their own religions because both of them are based in the ancient Hebrew religion, which comes from further back than that in Mesopotamia, uh, that says, uh, you know, to, uh, you know uh, not to harm people, and it says to have mercy. So both of them, no matter what, uh, unless you have zealots on both sides, because you have that. So, uh, so the Hebrews must have some, uh, I know that the other side has that you can murder and kill yourself and you get 78,000 uh, million virgins uh, in, in heaven for doing so, um, which I don't know where they can point that out, that it says that in the doctrine anywhere, because I haven't been able to find that, where their God said, if you kill people in my name, you get all these virgins in heaven. Uh, that's something that a human said, and I don't know where that, what passage that is in their, uh, in their, in the Quran. Um, but it's just like on the other side where, uh, you know, during like the holy wars, everybody was told that you're doing God's work and you go and kill the, the Arabs because God wants you to. And uh, again, where is that in what Bible that says murder those people? Uh, and, you know, the, the Hebrews and their Bible is the only one that ever said go to war with those people and kill those people. And that was in David's time. And supposedly God uh, th that was supposedly uh, the God that is all knowing, all loving, uh, caring God of the universe that created everything uh, supposedly told David to go and murder an entire species and race of people uh, to to uh, be in charge. Um, that's one of the reasons why I don't believe that that was a true God uh, that was saying that stuff, because a true God is not going to be saying, you need to go kill those people because I hate them. OK, uh, because that's not a God. That's a child that's saying that. And I know that some people are going to get mad at me for saying that. And, you know, I am a minister. So don't think I'm just some guy who's just hating on uh, religion because I am a minister. I have four religious titles from four different religions on this earth, one of which is Christianity. OK, so don't think that I'm uh, taking shots at, at churches and that entire way of thinking because I'm not. I'm just pointing out that. You can take a small passage in any book and turn it into anything that you want and get people to fight over it because that's what people have done throughout time forever. They get you uh, hooked on a religion and the religion is run by them. And then they're like, you know, uh, to coin a phrase from the Knights Templars, God wills it. And there you go. It doesn't matter because now somebody said God wills it and now kill everybody. And that's what they do. And then they indoctrinate you into being a zealot. Look that word up and find out what that means. An extremist. And uh, then they get you fighting a holy war. They're literally calling for a jihad right now. That is a Arabic word that means holy war. So they're literally not fighting a, a war of politics anymore because, you know, we have to separate church and state. The war is a church war. But the evil people from the evil religion are the ones who are using those people's religion against themselves and everybody else to get them to go to war. 
that should be noted. And everybody that's involved should, uh, instead of being, uh, you know, hail to the throng and let destruction reign, somebody should be reigning in the destruction and saying, look, we need to figure this out without having to kill each other. And, and then if you have no recourse, sometimes you do have to fight off the wolves. They'll figure it out, but everybody doesn't need to pick a side. That's where that thinking is the thinking that they're trying to get everybody to be in at all times. Literally, they want you in that mindset to be stuck in 3D. In the, This is the modus operandi of the Orion Crusaders. This is part of the entire reason that Raw is here or was, is still, but was channeling through Carla back in the 80s, was to tell about this kind of scenario being the MO, the modus operandi of this evil organization that came here to take over this planet and 22 other solar systems in this sector of the universe. Raw didn't tell you about that part because that would scare everybody, uh, you know, 40 and 50 years ago when they were coming through. But people are now uh, to a place where they might actually not be completely uh, afraid. And to be honest, I'll give you a real-time update out of the 23 uh, solar systems in this sector of the universe that those people, the Orion Crusaders, have invaded all but two now are freed. This one is actually free, but it is still being occupied by the crazy people who were put in charge down here on the Earth. So the mop-up is still uh, underway. So we consider that not completely um, uh, healed, uh, but the truth is they're actually all of those the, the people, who, the Orion Crusaders, are not occupying any of the 23 uh, solar systems that they first had when they first got here. They're already gone. They're on their way, still trying to take over the universe, heading towards the center of the universe. And uh, the only thing they own is where they're standing. Every time they leave a planet, we show up behind them and free it. So they're not actually conquering the universe like they think they are, but they can't tell their own people that they're actually, oh, the only thing we actually own is what's in front of us, what you see where you're standing. Uh, because everything else, they're like, everything's fine back there. Never mind that. Keep going. Because they're trying to take over and that's all they can do. They're consumed with uh, consuming the, the uh, universe itself. And the truth is they're just serving a purpose. But know that everybody wants to tell you on this earth that, oh, we lost the first temporal war and that we're uh, slaves and, and at the onus, that's all part of the modus operandi. It's all part of the lie to get you to buy into it, to change the narrative here. But the planet's being healed. Uh, and uh, this is what Ross talking about. The planet is actually being healed. Your soul's being healed, whether you like it or not. <laughs> right. Uh, but they've already lost long ago. You guys have just have to accept that you just have to, you all out there in the universe, out there in the world, listening to my voice, have to come to terms with it yourself and move up in your vibration by ascending. And when you unlock that knowledge and access to whatever the halls of the mente, Akashic record, whatever you call that in whatever doctrine that you're used to, or if you don't know any of what I'm saying, look up halls of a mente, look up Akashic records. Once you unlock that ability to look into that and do it for yourself, all of this is going to make sense and you're going to go, wow, okay, so all of that happened really quickly in the past and they've been gone the entire time and none of these people are aware of it only because they're all stuck living in the flesh. That's what they used thousands of years ago to describe living in this 3D reality and choosing to be egoic 
and self-serving and uh, not ascending. And because of that, they don't have access to the truth. And if you don't have access to the truth, you can't see it. You can't believe it. You can't know it because you, you ignore it or you literally will say uh, that that is a lie. Uh, and because you have to believe that it's not true to exist the way you're existing. You have to. It is desperately in your mind to say, there is no God. This is all there is. And I need cash. Because otherwise, the alternative is you start to realize that you don't need any of this. And this is all not actually happening. It just thinks it is. All right, let's continue. These actions. 26.32 questioner. Then as the UFO phenomena was made obvious to many of the population, many groups of people reported contact. Many groups of people reported telepathic communication with <laughs> UFO entities and many recorded the results of what they considered telepathic communication. Was the Confederation, shall we say, oriented to impressing telepathic communication on groups that became interested in UFOs? Ra, I am Ra. This is correct although some of our members have removed themselves from the time slash space using thought form projections into your space slash time and have chosen, from time to time, with permission of the Council, to appear in your skies without landing. 26.33 questioner. All right, I'm going to stop it right there really quickly because Cassie had made a, a statement, um, and I'm going to put it up on the screen for you guys to, to see it, right? But that is why we are all here, to share the unconditional love and light, remind everyone that we are one, okay? So I wanted to stop that right there because uh, part of the, we're talking about the, the confederation and, and uh, the group of people that are here uh, that I'm a part of, Cassie's a part of, uh, Peter Coyle is a part of it. He's still in the audience. Um, and, and a few of you that you don't know about it yet. Um, Pamela's starting to remember. Um, Rick hasn't gotten there yet, but you'll get there, brother. You'll start to remember. So literally uh, allowing people to um, see aliens is what Ra's talking about now. Uh, went to the council and asked if it was all right to do so to give people the opportunity to expand their consciousness by a thought form, not an actual physical UFO aliens actually, but you thinking that that's what you're seeing. You believe it. It appears to be real, but again, this isn't happening. It only thinks it's happening like the moon. There's a, a an orbiting body around the earth currently that is uh, tomorrow. There's going to be a solar eclipse that is visible in the United States of America and the North American continent. It's going to come from the Alaska point and come down uh, at, a, at an eastern, southeastern angle, almost completely southeast in direction. It's going to go through the state of Oregon and then down to the four corners where Arizona, New Mexico, uh, um, I think that's uh, Utah and, and uh, Colorado, the four corners. It's going to go right across there at its apex at 1.30 p.m., Actually, it's a little bit less than that, 114 to 135 uh, p.m. local time, Zulu to the Four Corners time on Saturday, tomorrow. Uh, and you can actually see it and partially, hopefully we'll all be able to see a partial eclipse here in the state of California. I'm in the uh, central, uh, north central part of California in the state capital, just outside the state capital, Sacramento. So if the sky is clear... Um, I'll be able to right around between, you know, uh, noon or so uh, to one to 1230 or one, I'll be able to see a partial um, eclipse. 
of the new moon. Some of you on the other hemisphere of the planet down in Australia, I think you guys are going through a full moon right now, right? That moon is not actually real. That moon is not, let me say that again. That moon is not actually real. It has been created. It is not something that was created out of the primordial ooze of this solar system or of this section of the universe at all. It was actually created by people later on. Created by the human race because it was needed. And so it actually was created and appeared. You guys don't know that. You can go to it and land on it and walk on it. But the truth is it was created by people. And it was in a different place before. And it was moved over here. It was created by people on the planet Moldek. And it was a, a battle star or a, or a whatever you want to call it, a death star, just like you see in Star Wars. It was one of those. And it was orbiting a moon and it fought in a war. And when Moldek blew up, it got damaged and it didn't work anymore. The engine was damaged and they towed it here and put it in place around the this planet because the planet's orbit had changed when Moldek blew up and everything was in chaos here at the time, and they pulled that into place, towed it here and put it into place to fix the, the ecosystem of this earth so that it would be uh, closer to the way it was when Moldek was actually in the solar system. Most of you don't know that, and you think I'm crazy telling you that story, but that's the truth. So, that, so it's actually manufactured by human beings thousands of years ago. And if you go back in Roman history and Greek history, or any Asian history or Hindu history that goes back far enough, you can read that there was a time when that moon never existed. And then so there was a war of the gods that happened in the sky and planets were destroyed and the gods were fighting amongst themselves. And then the moon appeared in the sky and has been orbiting the planet ever since. That's actual history. That's actual history. Okay, so what I'm telling you is not far from what we already actually know in history. Look that stuff up. Don't just believe that that moon is big. People say, well, the moon came out of the Pacific Ocean uh, when the planet was, because it fits. Yeah, where No, because that was, that was Lemuria, and the water level was more than 1,000 feet lower than it is today. So there was more landmass out there uh, that you could walk across. You could walk almost all the way you could at that point walk from California to India because the, the water was only rivers and lakes. It wasn't this big giant Pacific Ocean. That, that scientists know that now for certain. So the moon didn't come out of that hole in the earth. The moon was not there in orbit anywhere and then it was and that's in actual history. But if you don't look it up, you don't know it. Again, that has to do with propagandizing because they don't want you to look that up and, and read when the Romans were like, there was no moon. And then one day it appeared in the sky. Other planets did the same thing that are in our solar system. They weren't there. And there's people that tell you that they came flying into the solar system and got caught by the sun and wreaked havoc on the earth until it made itself an orbit and things settled down. That happened. And it's told in actual history that some of the planets in our solar system are not from the solar system, that they got caught by the sun and got and, and eventually settled into an orbit. The moon that we have 
they don't they couldn't tell you well we saw it getting towed into place but they literally the moon wasn't there and then they saw it at a distance and it was getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and then it was stopped where it is and everything started working right on the planet again which when it wasn't before and everybody had these stories that their god was angry with us and destroyed us all and we have this flood and all these other things that were going on because God was mad at us. And then all of a sudden, uh, everybody listened to the word of God and things changed. And uh, now we have a planet again. Well, what happened was somebody towed the moon into place because they were coming here. And weird that Atlantis started right after that happened, by the way, and that the Atlanteans took over the world uh, at that time. And then they had a war and some of the Atlanteans left and the ones that were stuck here on the planet uh, tried to figure out how to get off the planet, screwed up the planet and caused the flood. That's actual history. You can read the Emerald Tablets of Thoth. The Egyptians will tell you, if you read that, that that's what happened. That the Atlanteans did that. Why is all of that important? Because it's a matter of perception. If you do not ever read actual history, you don't know what actually took place. And the only thing you know is what they're telling you. And what they, quote unquote, are telling you is not the true history. And they were murdering people throughout time to stop you from learning this stuff, the Dead Sea Scrolls, for one. Now here, let me throw a little clinker here and then we'll get back to Raw. Let me throw a little clinker into this. Literally, everyone says Anunnaki, right? I'm not going to get involved in that really quickly, right? I'm not going to go down that path again because I know you guys get tired of hearing me saying it. But the Anunnaki word appears in the Mesopotamian scroll that has Marduk fighting against Tiamat. Okay. Are you guys aware that that's the oldest scroll on the face of the earth? Then how come that Leonard O'Neill, along with millions of other people on this earth, are aware that that scroll appeared on this planet between the year 300 and 600 BCE, before Common Era, BC? And that that scroll is actually based on other scrolls that date back to the year 1140 to 1148 years BC. More than almost a thousand years prior to that scroll. If everyone says the Mesopotamian scroll is the oldest scroll, why is it that we're aware that there are other scrolls that are older? And guess what? The word Anunnaki doesn't appear in any of those scrolls, and the word Marduk also doesn't appear in any of those scrolls, nor does the word Enki or Ra or any of the other gods that are, that are 3,000 years old. None of those words appear in the oldest scroll, yet we know of these gods from Egypt that are 2,000 years older or around the same time. Yet we claim that the Mesopotamian scrolls are the ones that all religions are based on, including the Egyptian religion. But there's a problem with the time and the names of the deities. And if you read the Corpus Hermeticum, which I, I uh, quoted wrongly in the last two episodes, and I said Corpus Hermeticus, it's the Corpus Hermeticum because I was listening to it again. There is no raw. There is no thoth. There is none of those words. And that is an ancient scroll that is Greek translated into English that the Egyptians had, okay? And that is actually uh, uh, older than the Mesopotamian scroll. And the word is God that is used always. And that's the Arcadian scroll 
of the Arcadia that existed at the exact same time as the Mesopotamians that had a border that was over a thousand miles long and they traded with one another and their religions are almost identical. The Arcadians are Greeks. Arcadia was a Greek nation of people who spoke Greek. Okay. So you guys need to realize you have to, you have to be a theologian to figure all of this out. So they also are aware that every city, and a city back then was an entire country, city-state is what we use to describe them today. Like when you're in Rome, Rome was a city-state before it was the entire boot, right? And Greek, Greece literally was a bunch of city-states before it was an entire country. It didn't become a united country until Xerxes came in and attacked at Thermopylae and then killed Leonidas. And then the entire nation reunited uh, under one banner and went after the uh, and conquered the known world of the time under one entire nation. Prior to that, you had you had every state, every city was an entire nation unto themselves. So Sparta was a city that was a country that was a city state, separate from the other people of the other city states. Okay, so. You have to realize all of this and learn history to actually understand what's going on, because all of these words are like, well, Marduk is the oldest. And the word Anunnaki, that word Anunnaki is not translated properly. And it's and it's actually a, a mistranslation of and they think that's why they were like, well, it must be the god Anu, uh, because that was the Greek word, the Arcadian word, because of their god Anu. OK. And so literally. They, they said the word Anunnaki came from that when everyone was thinking that because the word Anu is in there, that they were talking about that God coming down from the heavens when that was a mistranslation. Didn't mean that it meant uh, it meant royalty. OK, and that's a translation of a translation of a translation of another scroll that goes back 800 more years. And every city, they know this, every city state had their particular God in that actual uh, um, um, role. So Marduk was only the, the city God of, of Mesopotamia, that city-state, the most popular God. So he was written in like the Jesus character for, for the Jews uh, that were following him. Okay, so literally that changes depending on what city you go to and read their archives and find their scrolls. The names of Tiamat is a different person. They change, the story's the same, but they change all the deities to fit the deities that they worship in that city. So now I'm supposed to believe that Marduk and Tiamat were legitimate gods that exist because it was written down in this city. But if you go to the neighboring city next door, there was no Marduk, there was Anu. And then if you go further east, there's another different god by a different name. And then when you come forward, guess what happens? Marduk becomes Moses for the Hebrews. Okay? So literally, that story is now instead of, because it's a king, a man that's in charge, Tiamat is now Ramses II. But the story is identical. And then when, they, then when Jesus is written in and to, to that story, Jesus is the Marduk character. And now the Tiamat character, which was the Ramses II, is now the devil. It's the same story, though. So the story is identical and is not changing over time. But you only know this if you learn history and you learn religious history. 
my point of this is, again, you're not going to figure things out by looking today in the physical and listening to people because they'll tell you that all of those religions, every religion that is not my religion is the wrong religion. That is the attitude of all religions. So the Hebrews say Jesus didn't exist. The Christians say, yes, he did, but that the Hebrews are, are lying about it. The Muslims say both of those people are, are not telling the truth, yet they're based on the story that of Moses. And then if you go further back to the Mesopotamians, they say, who's Moses? Moses didn't exist when my God existed. So Marduk is the hero character. And then if you go over to the Vikings who say, look, uh, you guys are all fighting over the 1100s. Uh, and we've been around since about 5,000 years prior to that, somewhere around 10,000 uh, to 100,000 BCE. And we have this Odin character and this Thor character. Weird that the story's the same. And now the Tiamat, the dragon, is the dragon of the North Sea, and Thor has to fight the dragon again, but it's not called Tiamat. There's another name for the world dragon. I can't think of it right this second. But it's the same story again. So you have to, here, getting back on point, you have to listen to the propaganda from all sides and say, what is it that they all have in common that they're agreeing on without knowing that they're agreeing on it? And it's the same thing that they're telling, the same story they're telling about the struggle between good and evil and about what is the struggle and how is that struggle supposed to be happening and the underlining that you get if you're paying attention and you have the eyes to see and the ears to hear and the mind to know is the same message. And this is what raw is trying to teach you without saying it. It's esoteric. Again, it's not exoteric until it becomes exoteric. It's esoteric forbidden hidden knowledge until you're able to see it. And then it becomes exoteric. Most people don't even know that word exists. Okay. So it is forbidden knowledge because they don't want you to know it. That's why it's esoteric. When people say, oh, that's esoteric. What they're telling you is that someone has decided that you, the common person on this planet, should not have access to that knowledge. And that, was, that means forbidden, hidden, something they don't want you to know about. That is what esoteric means. Someone else has decided you don't get to know that knowledge and it becomes then hidden or forbidden knowledge. And that is all knowledge that doesn't paint the story the way they want you to know it. That's called the Jedi mind trick. That's called gaslighting. It's called feeding you a lie. That's called propaganda. Do you see? Let's continue. Okay. Rick says, what, what are you saying, Rick? He says, uh, what have you done, uh, brother? Surely it's uh, all good, right? Is this because, oh, because Peter and what he's saying, that's because of what he's telling you. If you know the math, I didn't I didn't say that, right? But he's he says, he's saying, he's say, well, I'm not going to read what he says. I'm going to put it up on the screen. Because if I say it out loud, I could get in trouble. That's why he's putting it in math, right? But he's saying, amen. The saints say, amen. And what that word means, what the spelling of that word means, all moon raw. Amen, 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 all moon. Uh, you should look that up. Moses, right? He says, amen, the word Moses, amen. Then he's giving you some math, right? With pi in there and the triangle and three, six, nine, uh, right? And so you got, you know, the 10 commandments, 
right? Uh, and you shall bow, it's, right? So you could read what is there. I'm going to put it on the screen, uh, and, but I'm not going to say that too much because he is speaking in code. If I say that, he knows that's why he's speaking in code. That's It's esoteric what he's saying there to, to show that, right? So Ross speaks truth, Peter goes on to say, Ross speaks truth in esoteric, in the old, he's saying exoteric, in the old mystic texts, 5 billion, and then he's giving you math again, right? Years we existed or we exist, it's gaslight, it's all mystic. And so he's saying the same thing, but he's trying to do it in a way that will get past um, uh, any algorithm and editors that don't understand what he's saying there. And I'll put that on the screen for you guys to see as well. <laughs> it looks like he doesn't know what he's saying right there, but trust me, I know Peter and I know exactly what he's saying there. And if you have the eyes to see and the mind to know what he just said in those two statements that I put up there, he's telling you more uh, what we can't say out loud without algorithms uh, getting uh, annoyed with the broadcast. Um, but uh, yeah, you should, you should either talk to me or him uh, off, when we're on one of our channels that is being encrypted and we can give you some more information without getting in trouble uh, because they are, they don't want us to tell you some of the things that we're telling you. Some of the things that I'm saying to you right now, they don't want you to know. Right. I remember Jacqueline was said that she said that last week and she said it on the air last week when she first met me, we're talking seven, eight years ago. Now I was saying things and she was like, wait a minute, we can say that out loud. Right. Cause she knew these things, but never said it out loud because we were all hiding at the time. And now we're not hiding anymore and we're saying things out loud. And that goes back to what Cassie was saying, right? That now we're coming out and we're telling you what we're about and what's going on here. And the truth of what's actually happened and happening, which they would kill me for in all of time up until now. They can't just kill me off. They try. But before they would kill us off as quick as we started saying this stuff. They can't anymore. There's too many of us that are holding this place now. So let's continue with what Raw was telling us 40 some odd years ago. <clears throat> Sorry, I needed to clear my throat before I did that. I didn't want to do it while well, I did it once earlier. And I didn't want to mess it up while you guys were listening. Let's continue. Then are all of the landings that have occurred except for the landing when Eisenhower was contacted? Are all of those landings of the Orion group or similar type groups? Ra, I am Ra. Except for isolated instances of those of, shall we say, no affiliation, this is correct. 26.34 questioner. Is it necessary in each case for the entity who is contacted in one of these landings to be calling the Orion group? Or do some of these entities come in contact with the Orion group even though they are not calling that group? Ra, I am Ra. You must plumb the depths of fourth density negative understanding. This is difficult for you. Once having reached third density space slash time continuum through your so-called windows, these crusaders may plunder as they will, the results completely a function of the polarity of the, shall we say, witness slash subject or victim. This is due to the sincere belief of fourth density negative that to love self is to love all. Each other self which is thus either taught or enslaved thus has a teacher which teaches love of self. Exposed to this teaching, it is intended that there be brought to fruition and harvest of fourth density negative or self-serving mind slash body slash spirit complexes. 26.35 questioner, could you make the instrument cough, please? Ra, cough. 26.36 questioner, then I am assuming all of the UFO groups who were getting telepathic contact from the Confederation were, shall we say, high priority targets for the Orion Crusaders, and I would assume that a large percentage of them were, shall we say, had their information polluted then. Welcome, Deborah. She said hello, and I wanted to say hello back, right? 
Um, so yeah, Peter, I, I don't don't apologize, right? The truth is coming out, right? Trumpets are roaring for the last time, right? <laughs> I mean, the truth is, the the trumpets of war um, have, um, you know, ha literally that time uh, of Mars. Men are from Mars, women are from Venus. There's a reason for that. Mars is the god of war, so men, and by their nature, because they're aggressive. That whole thing is still trying to tell you the Kundalini and the Kundabuffer energy. Everyone thinks Kundalini is all the energy that there is. Um, that's just one half of the energy. That's the masculine portion of the energy. The Kundabuffer is the feminine uh, portion of that of that dual aspect. That's two intertwined energies. The Celts and the Vikings show you those two. The knot work is always two uh, intertwined. And that why are they showing that? Because they're showing you the the weaving of a blending of the masculine and feminine, the, the yin and the yang, the kundalini, kundabuffer energy uh, together into a balance. And you can't be one or the other. So if you are all feminine, then you're uh, then you have no, none of the other part in it. But there's always a part of uh, each in the other. That's the whole weaving of those two together. That symbol of the knot work is the exact symbol of the Asians with the yin and the yang showing you that there's part of both in each and that there's they they're identical in the exact same size and they're opposing forces so that is literally what you see in in the 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 kundalini energy the both kundalini kuna buffer energy and more is mars in the roman uh, uh tradition in the greek traditions and uh and venus is the goddess of love that's the opposite, the feminine. So you have the masculine and the feminine, again, appearing in that pantheon. Uh, and then when you go to the Christians, they have the, the two little uh, cherubs on your shoulders. The one on the right shoulder is, the, is your conscience, and that's the angel. The one on your left shoulder is the devil. That's your ego. That's the same energy of masculine, feminine, war and peace, uh, egoic uh, thought process. Native Americans have the same uh, breakdown and they have two wolves. And one wolf is the aggressive, warlike, uh, 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 masculine energy wolf. And the other is the feminine, loving goddess energy. Uh, and uh, literally, that's the same uh, as the 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 uh, you know kundalini kundabuffer the the literally and it's so every religion has on this earth has their representation of the same energies in which you feed either listen to the devil on your shoulder and feed that wolf uh, or the the yin to the yang or the yin to the yin uh, or the kundalini or kundabuffer or your ego and not your conscience your conscience says don't do that that wouldn't be nice you wouldn't want somebody to do that to you don't steal that's wrong that's the angel that's sitting on your right shoulder as opposed to the devil that goes, no, do it, do it, man. Take what you can get. So literally that's a struggle that goes on within each one of us. And it's showing you in an external way to teach you because you're a child in all of these religions. And they're trying to teach you uh, by showing you this in the physical to use that example to get you into the spiritual. Yet that's been obscured from history. Why? Well, this is what Raw is telling you. Why has that been done? Well, it's being done because your ego is, is desperate to have you believe this place is real. This place itself is desperate to have you believe that it's real because its job is to do that. It's not It's not evil and in, in trying to dupe you. It just is doing what it was created to do. Why is that? This is what Raw is trying to tell you. 
and that it was doing all of that because it's created to do that so that you have an organic experience and think that you're alive. And the only way you can do that is you have to think that you're mortal and that you could die and that it would be over if you died. So therefore you become afraid of death and you do things to live as a mortal being alive, but you have to know death to be, to know life. You can't know life without death. You can't know death without life. So you have to have both of those things happen to you and around you to, to actually have an organic experience. So this place was created and then you came here and you're pretending you don't know, remember anything and you get mind wiped because of it. This place does that to you. Your entire body does that to you. That's why it's called the pain body. And all of this is designed to trick you. And then you have evil people that know that because they were given that knowledge. And because they know that, they're using that against you. That is the modus operandi of the evil people who came to this earth to take control. They were driven away from this planet not too long after they got here, and they ran away, and they're no longer here. But the problems that they created by giving the knowledge to the people of this earth and raw, also giving it to the people of this earth by mistake, not realizing that story went down in, in one of the Dead Sea Scrolls as error, creating the human race. The human race wasn't created by a sentient race of beings on this planet or by uh, or by somebody because this is a, a penal colony. Error by mistake created the bellicosity of the human race. This is told in the Dead Sea Scrolls, in many of the scrolls. Error was a goddess, according to one of the scrolls, the Book of Truth, the Scroll of Truth. Okay, so error created the human race because error gave the knowledge. There's your Garden of Eden and eating of the Tree of Life. Okay, giving a knowledge to the people and that knowledge being used by evil people, egoic, self-serving people to then trap other people. That's eating of the Tree of Life. Okay, and you do that internally. That's shown externally again to teach the children the internal struggle that you have. All of these things in all of these Bibles around the world were instructional manuals that were supposed to be teaching you to look within yourself so that you can then ascend. And if you don't look within yourself, then you're living in this reality, and that is living in the flesh, that is living in 3D, that is egoic, that is eating of the tree of life. Because the tree of life is of the third dimensional creation. Do you understand that? You are, in fact, the tree itself. But when you associate with the life that you are having, you, you then forget you are the tree. Okay, and this is what everyone is trying to tell you. Ross trying to remind you of this. Let's continue. Can you tell me, do you have any idea what percentage of these groups were heavily polluted by the Orion information and if any of them were able to remain purely a confederation channel? Ra, I am Ra. To give you this information would be to infringe upon the free will or confusion of some living. We can only ask each group to consider the relative effect of philosophy and your so-called specific information. It is not the specificity of the information which attracts negative influences. It is the importance placed upon it. This is why we iterate quite often, when asked for specific information, that it pales to insignificance, just as the grass withers and dies while the love and the light of the one infinite creator redounds to the very infinite realms of creation forever and ever, creating and creating itself in perpetuity. 
Why then be concerned with the grass that blooms, withers, and dies in its season only to grow once again due to the infinite love and light of the one creator? This is the message we bring. Each entity is only superficially that which blooms and dies. In the deeper sense, there is no end to beingness. 26. All right, see, so literally everything that I've said prior to this moment was just summed up right there. And this is why I said all of this stuff. Hey, he's talking politics and he's and he's getting on to things that don't mean anything whatsoever. Raw literally just said everything that exists in the third dimensional world lives and dies by the cycle of life and death in this creation, in this illusion. The human body does the same thing, yet the spirit never dies. Let me back this up a few seconds here and we'll hear Raw say that once again. Three infinite realms of creation forever and ever, creating and creating itself in perpetuity. Why then be concerned with the grass that blooms, withers, and dies in its season only to grow? Wait, let me back that up just a little bit further, right? Here we go. We can only ask each group to consider the relative effect of philosophy and your so-called specific information. It is not the specificity of the information which attracts negative influences. It is the importance placed upon it. This is why we iterate quite often, when asked for specific information, that it pales to insignificance, just as the grass withers and dies while the love and the light of the one infinite creator redounds to the very infinite realms of creation forever and ever, creating and creating itself in perpetuity. Why then be concerned with the grass that blooms, withers, and dies in its season only to grow once again due to the infinite love and light of the one creator? This is the message we bring. All right. So why be concerned with the grass? Because the grass is going to be growing and dying and growing and dying in perpetuity, in perpetuity, meaning forever and ever. It's going to continue. The grass itself is not going to go out of existence. It's just going to grow and die and grow and die and grow and die. That is what the human condition does. So why be concerned with the human condition and not the soul. The grass is also alive and it is sustainable forever and ever and ever. Do you see? Lenore, welcome. Good day. So literally what Raw is saying here is, and then I'll let it play out again and you'll see what I'm talking about. So literally he said to be based in your philosophical thought, right? The knowledge itself is, is not as significant minded-wise by evil people than the, or, or that it is. Just the knowledge is the most important thing to them. Why? Because it gives them power and control. And they get you to focus on living and being afraid of the cycle of life and not focusing on the spiritual, which is eternal and forever, and that is the reason that everything else is being recreated over and over and over, and that it is sustainable, and that you are immortal, and that your physical body is like a blade of grass. It's going to grow and it's going to die, but guess what? After, after it dies in the wintertime, and you think that grass is gone forever, spring happens and all of a sudden that grass grows again. So it's not actually dead. It's just dormant waiting for the right time to grow again. And then it grows along the cycle of life. The same thing goes with the physical body and that grass is immortal and you are immortal. This is the parody. This is the, 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 the meaning, the parable that Raw is using to explain the condition that is the human condition. But evil people take the knowledge 
and make you focus on the knowledge, not the outcome or not the true knowledge and only the knowledge, oh no, you're going to die and there's somebody evil that's going to get you. Pay me money. Give me money. Give me green. Heaven you will meet. Make your contribution and you'll get a better seat. Bow to leper Messiah. Right? <laughs> it's also a joke from a movie, Cassie says. Right? Is that something that you had said, right? Oh, yes, yes, she said. Cassie said up here at the top, she said, say it, right? Say it to the guy and then can you hear me in the back, right? And you're right, I know, I should have said it then instead of uh, going on. That's a joke from a movie from the movie The Usual Suspects and Benicio Del Toro's character was in the lineup, The Usual Suspects in the lineup, and they were making him say this certain line because they were wanting to somebody to listen to the voice because they were trying to pick out who the bad guy was, and they pretty much figured it was one of these guys, The Usual Suspects, uh, and, uh, and they wanted them all to say that, and Benicio Del Toro's character grabs what he's supposed to say, and they're like, step forward and say the line. And he steps forward and he goes, can you hear me in the back? And the guy's got mad at him. And he's like, what the fuck? Right. And everybody's laughing in there. And so then he was reading the line to the uh, to the guys. Uh, so that's what she was applying that right now. Uh, and this is why she said this here. Right. It's a joke from a movie that Leo and I recalled. We were laughing about it because we were. Uh, but well, because of what I was just doing again, going and talking and then saying, listen, this is what that meant. And, uh, and uh, to hear, and so she was saying, say it from the movie, right? Can you hear me in the back? Listen, so making sure everybody was listening. Uh, and it is funny, if you see the movie, The Usual Suspects, you'll laugh, uh, specifically more so now because of, of uh, her and I talking about it here. All right, so let's, let's continue uh, and let Ra uh, talk about this. So literally he's saying, again, let me reiterate so we get back on point so that when I start, you'll know what he was saying. He was saying, according to philosophy from your earth, that you, your grass grows and it lives and dies and it's perpetual. Why focus on the, the single blade of grass or the grass itself instead of the fact that the grass is immortal and that it uh, and that it continues? Well, that's exactly what they're getting you to convince to do with the physical. You're scared to death that when your body dies, that's it and you're over and you're done. And uh, because of that, they control you by fear. Your ego controls you and their external ego controls you by fear and you act accordingly in the physical and you never learn and they keep you away from the knowledge of the spiritual. And this is what we're here to go reiterate back to what Cassie said earlier. And this is why some of us have come to this planet legally born in these bodies by way of the council, which Ra is talking about here having permission, come down here over and over again, risking our lives and being murdered and dying and growing old, just like everybody else, to deliver this message. Peter knows what I'm talking about. He's part of the, he came here on the same bus, right? To tell you guys this information so that you remember what was taken from you, and that is the knowledge that you have an immortal soul and that you are immortal. And all these people in history have been doing the same thing over and over. And we're trying to remind you, look at all of these religions and look at them instead of looking at one and saying, this is the right religion and all of them are evil. Look at all of them because they're all saying the same thing. Raw's trying to tell you that as well. And that the evil people, when they got here, the first thing they did was had everybody start speaking in tongues. Okay. Made everybody start fighting amongst themselves over the exact same thing with semantics of the physical 
so that you have a different religion. That's what's going on. That's why I brought that up with the politics of what's happening in the Middle East right now, and specifically with uh, Israel and and uh, and uh, the Gaza Strip and Gaza. That there are two religions that are based on the same religious text are fighting over what? Physical territory. And how are they being motivated? By people that are evil in control on both sides using their religion and stirring up fervor in a physical way to get people to murder each other. Okay? And that's what's happening. And it's horrific that it's come to this. It doesn't matter which side struck first. I'm not here to pick a side. Doesn't matter. It's the chicken and the egg. Which one struck first? Well, the Palestinians used to own that land. Prior to that, the Hebrews owned it. And then they went over and were working in Egypt. And then they came back and said, hey, this is our land. The Palestinians said, we've been here for 100 years. Right. But for the 10,000 years before that, it was ours. And then there's an argument by the Palestinians. Wait a minute. Let's go back further then to Mesopotamia. We owned it then. The Hebrews go, well, then let's go back further than that. And we owned it then. It's the chicken and the egg. Now we're, now we're talking 5,000, 10,000 years ago. And you're still jumping over each other. Okay. So the truth is, I'll, I'm going to use my Native American uh, DNA. And I'm going to tell you what the Native Americans said, unless you watch Yellowstone. And then they're talking in the physical because it works for them. But that's not what any Native Americans uh, said. No one owns the land. The land is eternal and it is always here. No one owns this. That's what pisses off the Americans and the Canadian governments because the natives are saying no one owns this. We don't own it. You don't own it. It is the world's property. It is here for all of us to use. And they can't have that because they're living in the physical and they say, no, no, no. I own this place. I own this entire planet. It's mine. That's what the cabal is saying. And you have to buy into that and then bow to them. And that's what they're doing. But if you gain the knowledge that the universe just is and that uh, no one owns this place, it takes away all boundaries. It takes away all governments. It takes away all forms of money. It takes away all forms of value that they need you to believe in to exist as kings. Do you see? Let's continue. Each entity is only superficially that which blooms and dies. In the deeper sense, there is no end to beingness. 26.37 questioner. Thank you very much. Could you please make the instrument cough? Ra, cough. 26.38 questioner, as you have stated before, it is a straight and narrow path. There are many distractions. I plan to create an introduction, shall I say, to the law of one, traveling through and hitting the high points of this 75,000 year cycle, possibly a few questions into the general future. Right. Deborah says, now, Rick, I'm not sure what that referendum means. You'll have to tell us what that means. I don't know if that's a positive that just happened to you or they took away some of your rights. Rick says in, in Australia, our voice referendum is today. In Australia, only eight of 44 referendums have succeeded. I'm not sure what that means, brother. Um, I know we talked about this and you were talking about it. You guys that are in Australia, I don't I don't understand that. So you'll have to explain that uh, to us. Deborah, I love what you said. I'm going to put that on the screen for everybody to see, those of you that are listening on the MP3 broadcast, she says, I'm just borrowing Mother Earth. That's right, because it, well, I'm just living here. And we're supposed to, and here's that, here's that coin, that phrase, hashtag coexist. We're, we're supposed to be coexisting with everything and being. 
right? Cassie says, she says, uh, she's referring to, to Pamela. She says, oh, Pamela Johnson beingness. Pamela had made the comment of, of being, just being. Denise said that too. I love that, just being. Uh, and because that's what we are. We are being. We are a being because we are be, And that's where if you go back and listen to my 28 episodes from Errol, the alien that never happened at Roswell from the, the nurse that, trans, that actually spoke to this alien for the CIA and the U.S. government, then all of that didn't happen. Uh, what Errol referred to as the condition of the soul was is be. Because you are, because you are in the, uh, the the act of being, so you so a person is being, and so therefore they refer to the individual soul in their uh, way of life. We say soul or spirit; they say is be, because they are in the act of being. Do you see? So again, right? So Rick says that that is you be uh, in the act of you are being. Yes. And so to be or not to be, that is the question that was written by uh, by someone called William Shakespeare, which is a synonym, a pseudonym. That wasn't his actual real name, by the way. That's just what he one of the names he wrote under. Right. Look that up and find out what what his true name was. Right. You might be interested to find out that William Shakespeare was, in fact, a woman. What? what? No. Look that up, guys. Go down that rabbit hole. So William Shakespeare wrote that in one of the stories, to be or not to be, that is the question. And that is literally meaning in that, in that, uh, if you have, it's esoteric again, if you're paying attention to that passage in William Shakespeare, to be or not to be, that is the question. That's literally pondering, right? And that also goes back and was taken from, I think it was Socrates or Aristotle that said that. Okay, so that was just so that was a quote that goes further back in the Greek pantheon. But was what when you have that in that um, William Shakespeare is what I'm focusing on. But that goes back to the ponderance from a Greek uh, philosophical ponderance to be or not to be, meaning if you're if you're not to be in that to be or not to be not to be means that you're being physical, living in the flesh, living in the physical and thinking that this is real. To be means to become to to and that is that is the pneuma the breath of god the spark of god that is starting to be the beingness of becoming and being do you see I, and so that's where that comes from and it's a philosophical thought that's three and a half thousand years old and that's what they were intending that to mean when they talked about it it wasn't people were like oh that means to become yourself come into your own in a physical way and so they're like well the reason that that was said in the shakespeare was because that person was pondering um, standing up for himself no that's not what that actually meant but that's what it was applying to in the physical it depends on your level of understanding inner standing of how you're going to interpret these things Everything in life you're going to find can be interpreted as a, nothing but a physical manifestation and also as a spiritual, as below, so above, as within, so without. So everything can be. So it depends on your perspective. Uh, now let's go to the Jedi way and all the truths we cling to are directly related to a certain point of view. Yours. That was not said in the movie or the book, but that was what was being meant by that lesson. Your perspective is going to interpret what the meaning of everything is individually. 
and that's what people do in religion. They learn a religion their entire life and they assume that's the right religion because I learned it. So it must be the right one. So that's my religion. And I believe that. And you base all of your decisions about other religions on the way that it was being taught to you. My brother is literally going through to become a theologian today, going to school, going to college for it, to become a theologian. And they get his, his uh, uh, bachelor's degree, at least, and maybe beyond that. And he's doing it in a Christian theological college. So they're slanting everything in a Christian way. And so whenever he talks to me about what he learns, I point out to him how that was slanted. To, to, and, then to, and I tell him, you need to look at that from the perspective of non-Christian because that's very slanted towards Christianity. And if you continue to go down that path, you're not going to be a theologian. You're going to be a Christian scholar. They're going to give you a title of theology, but in truth, you're only going to be seeing it from the perspective of a Christian. And you're going to apply that to everything. And I said, and that's not what our father was teaching us. And, he, and the good thing is he knows that. And so he says these things, and then I show him, and I say that's a, a slant towards Christianity, even though he knows that I have two Christian titles as well, right? And he's a minister as well, right? So we both have the minister title. And, but then I, but I'm showing him that, saying you can't stop there. You have to look at it and see the perspective of all the other religions as well. Uh, and so we have these conversations all the time. And I'm not doing that because I'm trying to be adversarial with him. I'm doing that because I'm trying to show him that they're teaching you one way and you have to be aware of it. First step in avoiding a trap is knowing of its existence. So you have to be aware that that's what they're doing and, and take their teachings that they're teaching you, but become, but be aware of. And then he knows, cause he said, uh, literally we we're talking about that. And he says, yeah, the same thing uh, when I was in leadership school that literally talking about politics and, and listening to the news no, however the medium, whatever the medium, internet, paper, radio, podcast, television, agencies are all owned by the same people who are trying to paint the narrative. And you have to become aware of that. And I said, you have to do the same with the churches. There is no difference. The churches are working with these same people. Some of the churches and those people own that stuff. And they're owned by the same people. You have to realize that. Churches are corporations. That doesn't mean that everybody in those churches are evil. They're not. 90% of the people in there are trying to teach you good, but they're working within a system that is a corporation that is trying to conquer the planet and have everybody in there and sell their product and have everybody in their seats and paying money and tithings to that church so the church can get richer and richer and richer and eventually out uh, take over just like Walmart wants to do, just like Target wants to do. Just like any other corporation, YouTube, Google, Facebook, they all are, they're, they're all selling you the same thing, a product. Doesn't mean that everybody at Facebook is evil. Doesn't mean that everybody at Google is evil. Evil doesn't mean that everybody in the Christian church is evil or that the doctrine itself is evil. It's not. But know that at the top, it's a corporation and it's being run that way. Governments are the same. They try to pretend that they're not, but they act like they are. Government systems tell you we're politicians and we shouldn't have a businessman running our, our government. We should have a politician. That just means when they tell you that, that means priest. That means priest in our religion. And we don't want to, we don't want somebody who is of the religion of business and finance 
running our government. Well, what is your government trying to do? It's acting like business and finance. And you guys are running it like a business and finance. No, because if we admit that, then we are subjected to the laws that don't allow us to take all kinds of money to make decisions. Because that's the truth. The truth is, and then you, when you have people say it, everyone attacks you. I just literally watched Vivek Ramaswamy get turned on by Sean Hannity, a, a, a conservative on Fox, a conservative news station, who was promoting Vivek Ramaswamy until Vivek Ramaswamy started saying all other people running for president of the United States are all on the take and making decisions and being paid by lobbyists to, to uh, run a certain way. And then when uh, asked about that and talking and they tried to say what he was saying was, the, was about this thing going on in Israel. And it was a lie. He was actually talking about two other countries and what was going on in those countries, not Israel. And someone lied, another person who was running against him, female, running against him for president, claimed that his comments were about Israel when they were not. And then Sean Hannity, who is a Christian, got offended, had Vivek Ramaswamy on his show last night and attacked him and over and over and over said, these are your words and you said this. And Vivek said, you're right, I did say that, but I wasn't talking about Israel. I was talking about a different country. And she lied and said that. And then he ignored that he said that and said, wait, you're claiming you didn't say that. These are your words. And he's like, you're not listening to me. I did say that, but I was not talking about Israel. And that woman is lying. And you're listening, you as saying that you're fair and balanced and that you uh, don't uh, just listen to the propaganda. You're actually taking propaganda from the Internet and claiming that's what I said when I didn't say it. And he had, and he actually was mad at Vivek. Because Vivek went on Tucker Carlson's show and had a conversation. Tucker Carlson was fired by the cabal, by Fox, because he was going after the lies about January 6th. And it was part of this lawsuit that he gets fired. You can look that up. So then he was told by Fox, shut up and don't tell the truth. And he said, fuck off. I'm going to tell the truth. So Vivek goes on his show and directly Sean Hannity admits that and gets mad at him and says, you were on that show and then attacks him and ignores what he's saying about defending himself and continues to attack him again. Why am I telling this story? This is a parable. It's true. It happened last night. If you if you want to look. OK, but Sean Hannity, who was a fan of Vivek Ramaswamy, is now jumping on board, probably from pressure from Fox because. They don't want Tucker Carlson's uh, voice out in the world, and they've been suing to try and stop him from actually being able to talk on the planet. The same people who claim that they're your friend and that they're on your side and they're fighting against the evil cabals owned by a person, you should look up who owns Fox, that is part of that evil cabal, and they're now currently going after anyone who's going on the show of the guy that they've fired and don't want to have being talking, and they're suing in court to try and shut him up, and he's they're losing in court, and he's winning, and he's able to have a voice, and he has more people on his show on X than that show has currently on any show and on all the shows combined in a three-hour time slot since that man left the show and that's pissing off Fox and they're attacking anyone that goes there and trying to attack him now. 
when they were supposed to be defending against the evil cabal. And they are now literally showing their colors and they are becoming that evil cabal. My point here is there is no difference between CNN and Fox. Don't think that there is. They're there to point you in the opposite direction by their lies. And they're saying, look, those people are saying this and we're saying the opposite because they're lying. You go to CNN, they're saying the same thing. Fox is lying and we're telling you the truth. And if, right now, if you listen to what Israel's saying and what Hamas is saying, they're both saying the same thing. The modus operandi is the exact same propaganda. The only way you can tell the truth is look at who they're attacking, why they're attacking them from both sides. What do they both agree on? They don't want to hear Tucker Carlson. Why? They don't want to hear Vivek Ramaswamy. Why? Both sides are claiming that, uh, that he's saying something. And when he tries to defend it, what is it that they're saying that he's saying that they're pulling you away from? He's saying all the people that are running for president on the, on the Republican side are being paid by special interest groups and that they're crooked. What is it that Tucker Carlson was saying that got him outed from Fox? All the people in the government are being paid by people and that they're all crooked. There's the truth of both sides, CNN and Fox. They can both agree on one thing. They don't like what Vivek is saying and they don't like what uh, Tucker Carlson's saying. What is it that they're saying? Let's look at, uh, at uh, another candidate, uh, Robert Kennedy Jr., the a Fox was attacking Robert Kennedy Jr. The same, uh, uh, the same Sean Hannity a night before or two nights before was attacking him and saying, why is it that your Democratic Party hates you so much and that you're now not running as a Democrat, you're running as an independent because everything that you have is crazy uh, Democratic uh, uh, ideologies. And why is it that Sean Hannity is attacking the same guy that CNN is attacking on the other side? The Republicans and the Democrats are attacking, both of them are attacking Robert Kennedy Jr. Why? Because Robert Kennedy Jr. is also saying all of those people are being paid off by special interest groups and they're crooked. And that is the modus operandi of the governments and evil people in the government. So both sides are trying to silence all three of those men currently in the United States of America and around the world on the same platforms. And the only platform that's giving them a voice is the one that's bought by the evil empire that is that is uh, that is a uh, 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 X that is bought by the evil guy that owns Tesla, which they're also going after now after he was their hero. Why? Because he also said those people are all being bought off and paid for by special interest groups. And who are these special interest groups? The rich and the elite people that are called the swamp or the cabal or wait, Raw's calling them what? The Orion Crusaders. Same thing. Why did I get deplatformed off of YouTube? Because I said the same thing. And that knowledge is forbidden knowledge. Therefore, they deplatformed me because I didn't allow them to have control over me. This is what Raw is warning you about. So some of you are like, he's talking politics. Understand that what you think is politics is the knowledge and religion that the Anunnaki, that is the, the, the group of people that Raw refers to as the Orion Crusaders, gave to the people of this earth. That is the religion, that is the knowledge, that is what they are using currently 
as builders of societies, controlling the minds of the people. The greatest trick the devil ever pulled was not to get you to think he doesn't exist because we know the devil exists because we're talking about him. The greatest trick the devil ever pulled was to get you to think Satanism was the religion of evil when in fact this place and everything that is government, power, control, regulation is the religion of evil. And this is what Raw has been trying to tell you about. If you read all the books, this is the underlining message. If you read all books from all scrolls, including the revelations in the Bible, including all of the stories of creation from every race on this earth, the name of the deity changes. The story is the same. What is the story? That is exactly what I just showed you and have been literally happening before your eyes on the news today and in all of the stories of the Bibles, and the story hasn't changed. There is an evil that is trying to take over, and there is good that is trying to show you how not to be taken over. This battle goes on within you and without of you, in the physical and in your mind's eye, in your own personality, as within, so without, as below, so above. Raw is trying to teach you this. I am trying to teach you this. I'm trying to teach you to remember. What about the sisters at Fatima? Okay. That's an entirely different story. We might get into that when Raw gets into that. Okay. We will then talk about that. Okay. But the, the whole, that entire thing is an, another parable. Let me quickly go down. I'm not going to go completely into that. Okay. I wonder what the third message was. The third message was this message that we're teaching you now. That'll come out. The third message that was locked up is no different than all of the other third messages that were locked up in all of the other Bibles, Rick. It is the same story. You have to have the eyes to see, the ears to hear, and the mind to know. It's esoteric. Okay? But to make it exoteric, you have to look within yourself. Read the mysteries of the first two messages. You will find that those are the same messages that are being told in all other religious texts. If you read the revelation of Jesus Christ and the letters to the churches, weirdly, there are seven letters to seven churches, seven chakras in our body. The letters to the churches are telling you how to align your chakra, starting from the red, uh, base root red chakra, first letter to the first church, and if you look up the words of what the churches were, not are now, because this one's called Philadelphia, and everyone's like, oh, we have a place called Philadelphia in the United States. Look up what the word Philadelphia meant to the Hebrews when they wrote it in the Bible. And you will find that the words for all of the churches align with the words that are each chakra in your body. The message, the third message, from the, the to the girls of Fatima that they couldn't tell the world is only that what is unlocked in you when you unlock that. <laughs> Mel said that just gave me chills. It should have. Okay. So when you unlock this knowledge within yourself by studying the first two messages, 
or studying all of these messages that have been written in a way to get around algorithms and editors because they were taking all the books out of the Bible. And Jesus knew about this and all other scholars knew about this in the past. They had to say things and word things in a way that they knew people who were going to edit the Bibles wouldn't understand and would leave in. So they wove into the narrative of everything they said, this knowledge, and they literally give you secrets that are highlights. Let him who hath the understanding reckon the number of the beast. That's a highlight in verbal words. In the letters to the churches, it starts and ends with let him who hath the understanding or let him who has the ears to hear. That's a highlight that tells you this isn't something that I'm telling you right here is different than what you think it is. Let him who has the understanding reckon the number of the beast, for it is a human number. It is the number of man, of being human. Right? Yeah, crikey, Mikey, right? Okay, so literally the third message of Fatima is the same knowledge that you unlock when you look within yourself and you unlock the access to your higher knowledge, to your higher self, to the Akashic records, the halls of Amente, or whatever you call them. And then you will know what was said because you'll be able to actually go there and see it and hear it. And experience it because it's been written down. It's been recorded. It is in the Akashic Records, the Halls of Amente. It's up there waiting for you to, to find it, the videotape, and go into the library and go, Fatima, what's the third message? There's a, there's a CD right here that says that. How about I pull that out and put this in the CD player and watch it? And then all of a sudden you're seeing through the eyes of the girls and they're talking to Holy Mary and she's giving them secrets. And you go, that's what she said? What does that mean? Now you know the knowledge and now you have to discern that and get it into yourself and figure it out. Do you see? So you have to read things from a different perspective. All the truths we cling to depend greatly on a certain point of view. If you look at that and you say the revelations are just Jesus warning the churches because they've done bad shit. And that somehow, we're not exactly sure how, somehow those seven churches, maybe it's the seven continents. So, well, which one's the United States? I don't know. Uh, which one is Jerusalem? I don't know. Which one's Russia? I don't know. So now you have to read them all and try to apply them to an entire country today. And that's wrongful thinking. You're thinking in the flesh. You're thinking in 3D. You're not reckoning the number of the beast, for it is the number of the man. You're seeing it from that perspective. The first step in avoiding a trap is knowing if it's existence. Again, all the truths we cling to depend on, a, on greatly on a certain point of view. So your point of view is physical. So you're looking for the answer saying it's a physical church that exists or it's a a metaphorical church that is an ideology that exists uh, on this planet, a way of life. And now he's trying to warn. That's not any of that because you're looking in the wrong place. Revelation, look up the word revelation and what it means, the etymology of what that word means. It means to enlighten. It means giving you knowledge, knowledge bringing. It doesn't mean look out, imminent danger, you're going to die. It doesn't mean that at all. Everyone says, well, the revelations are the end times. It's the end times of the of the ego. Yeah. That's the end times. The end times, the time of tribulation, the 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 Kali Yuga. Look that up. 
Ragnarok. Look that up. Those words all mean the same thing. It means time of tribulation, time of trouble. What is the time of trouble? The time of trouble is within you when you are at your lowest point. And what is that? Dark night of the soul. When all things have in your existence have beaten you down to the point where you go, all of this physical shit isn't actually doing anything for me. I'm losing my religion. Which is a term from the South here in the United States of America. Which means I've come to the end of it. I can't believe anything in what's going on in the physical. I'm looking for answers and now I have to look within because I've looked without my entire life and I can't find the fountain of youth. I can't find salvation. I can't see Jesus coming to get me. I don't know that any of those things they're telling me is true because nothing has changed and my life has not gotten any better because of following them. What is left? And that is the time of troubles. And that is the beginning of the end, and that is the time of tribulation. That is, And the revelation is the knowledge that, wait a minute, none of what they were telling me actually is doing me any good, and none of it is, is the truth. So what's left? The only thing that is left is for you to then look within yourself. And once you start looking within yourself, you start unlocking a different kind of knowledge that all of a sudden changes your perspective. And what is that? And that's starting to look within yourself. And then the ego, you stop listening to the ego and you stop living by eating of the fruit of the tree of life. And you start then ascension of your spiritual mindset because now you start believing, maybe I am an immortal soul. I got nothing to lose to look into it. This is what Raw is trying to tell you. Once you get to that place of just none of this shit's fucking working anymore, man. None of it. What else is left? I got nothing to lose. I got nothing to lose. I don't believe there's a God. I don't believe any of this. I don't believe all of that. And I'm not going to be rich. I'm not going to be the king. I'm just here. I'm gonna, not going to buy into any of it. That's the best thing that you could do. Best thing that you could do is not buy into any of it. Why? Because they're all selling you the same thing, a product. The second you stop buying that product, that's why the Irish have a, have a saying, especially here in America, I'm not buying it. The Irish don't believe anything anyone tells them because they've been lied to for generations by the English, by all the people in the, in Europe over and over and over. And when the Irish people got tired of that and formed a, a group of people called We Ourselves, we will take care of ourselves, Shen Fen. They changed their entire mindset and became a, a nation unto themselves and said, we're not going to listen to anybody else anymore. We're going to take control of our own destiny. And now they're a country. Every country in the world has that time period. Every person in the world has that time period until you have that way of thinking happen to you. To where you say, I'm not going to listen to any bullshit that anybody tells me anymore. And I'm going to start looking at things from a different perspective. You start asking questions. That's the beginning of your, of your end of your ego. And it's the beginning of your life brand new. This is what Raw is trying to show you. Why is that? What has forced you to get to that? These people who came here, and they all play some more of Raw, who came here, the Orion Crusaders came here and took all of that knowledge of how to get you 
and fool you into all of that and buying into all of that to keep you in the physical so that they can make money off of you because that's where they only can exist. They can't exist outside that state of physicality. So they have to convince you this is real. I own it. I own you. I can do whatever I want to you in any way. There's nothing you can do about it because I own it all. Accept it. Pay homage to me. Shut up. Do what you're told and exist. That's what they want. That's the knowledge they brought here and the way to take over. And that's what they've done here. So everything that you think you know, all of it has been corrupted. All of it. The truth is still there. You have to realize that it's being, being, there's that word, corrupted from the top. Okay? So once you have that knowledge of in and of itself, and you realize everything they're trying to tell me as a corporation is about making money. Okay? The whole thing with Vivek Ramaswamy that got everybody pissed off was that he claimed, and this is true, that, that uh, the woman who's running, uh, that is attacking him because she, he and her are very close in the, in the polls for moving up and they're trying to uh, jump over each other. He said, listen, that woman and her family actually have, are, are working for, have worked for, and have stock options in corporations that are, have contracts with the, with the uh, military industrial complex of the United States of America, and she owns stock in companies who make their money by making war, making all of the weapons of war and giving those to, selling them to the government of the United States. I don't think, this is what he said, I don't think someone like that should be the president of the United States because she owns stock options and is being paid and her her whole family is being paid and is corporations that own defense companies who build defensive weapons and ordnance for the government of the United States and make their money by keeping the government of the United States in weapons, which means the government has to use them to need more. So he believes that she is going to be a warmonger and try to keep America in a war because that enriches her. And he pointed that out and Fox attacked him. And what he said is not a lie. It's true. Look it up. And Fox, why would Fox then attack him? Because he was saying they are being paid off by special interest groups and I'm not. And specifically, the person who was claiming that I was saying that I was anti-Semitic against the Jews was lying and took what I said from another conversation is, in fact, on the board and has stock options of, I don't remember which one, I don't think it was Lockheed Martin, I think it was uh, one of the other ones, company who makes their money and has a defense contract, one of the biggest contracts with the government in the United States and the military of the United States. So all of her decisions are going to be making, toward, this is his opinion, to enrich herself by making sure that her money, her stock options, and her pay that she's getting paid by this corporation as president. You don't think that that corporation that she is part owner of is on her mind 
to continue to make sure that she has a contract. And that's what he's claiming, that she's going to be slanted towards war to enrich herself. Not a lie. Every company, look in history, that manufactures weapons, sells them to all sides and needs war to survive. Without war, those gods of war don't make money. Okay? Pharmaceutical companies need you to be on their medication to make money. If they cure anything, you don't take their medicine. They are no longer needed. So they need you on their medicine, and you have to believe that you need their medicine. So they can't give you a medicine that's going to cure you. They have to give you a medicine that as long as you're taking it, keeps you from dying from the disease. Do you understand that? Do you understand that? First step in avoiding a trap is knowing of its existence. If I own a pharmaceutical company, my motivation is going to be to keep you on my drug. If I own a religion, my entire way of life and thinking is to keep you on my drug. Do you see? This is the modus operandi of the Orion Crusaders that has been taught to the people that are now owners of corporations on this earth and how they are treating you all. Right? Vanessa says, F Big Pharma. Well, I say the same thing with weapons manufacturers, F them, right? Because it's the same. If And this is what, this is what got, what's his name? The English guy with the podcast, whose name I always forget. What got him into trouble? I, pu- I published his video that he said, He literally was on a talk show and he said, listen, if you have special interest groups that are pharmaceutical companies that are paying off politicians, pharmaceutical companies are going to put you into a state of needing them always, COVID. And if you have a military industrial complex that is getting paid by the manufacturers of military ordnance, weapons, tanks, bombs, planes, everything... That military industrial complex only keeps itself by perpetuating a need for those parts by keeping you in a war. So if you have those people paying your politicians, you're going to be in a state of emergency for medical reasons and a state of emergency for war constantly because those two industries are the biggest industries on the face of the earth currently. What's the third biggest industry on the face of the earth? Religions. What do they all have in common? They're selling a product and they're desperate to keep your attention and conquer the planet with their product. There is no difference. Politics and this way of life. There was a, there was a guy that I, that was just out. People were passing that around that he said when, and he's being uh, attacked now because of it. He says, when you hear these politicians say our democracy is in threatened, that, that democracy is being threatened by this person. What they're saying to you is, my power and control over you is being threatened by this person. Because democracy means politics and the way of life of governmental rule. That's what that means. So when they say he's threatening democracy, 
what he what they're saying to you is he's not he's threatening the fabric of their control over you. Know this. Everyone who talks like I just said, Russell Brand, again, thank you, Cassie. I don't know why I have a blockage on his name sometimes. It's weird. I don't know why that is, but I do. Russell Brand. He got in trouble when he said that. And then he went further to talk about Tucker Carlson and why he got fired. And I hope Tucker Carlson then does talk on X, and he did. And then he got to, to, to defending uh, Tucker Carlson, and the beast looked at him and tried to get him and Tucker Carlson off the air. Joe Rogan did the same thing, and they tried to get him off the air, and Joe Rogan went back in line and stopped talking about them. I know because I listened to Joe Rogan. He stopped tickling the beast. He still fringes, and he still gets on stuff, which is you need to listen to what Joe Rogan talks about. Okay? But he didn't go after them uh, exactly. When you do, they turn on you. Two-time governor of, of uh, Minnesota, ex-wrestler, ex-Navy uh, SEAL, Jesse Ventura, had a television program that was uncovering the cabal and what they were about in the Luciferians, and they put a contract on his life. He had to flee the country and, and uh, stop his show. He left, and he lives in Mexico now. Some of you don't even know who he is. I was following him at the time. I still do. I get emails from him. Okay. Because he did the same thing. He said, look at the beast. Look at this. And he was pointing out truth and they had to shut him up. When you start getting too close to what they don't want, and especially when you start uncovering them, they want to shut you up. So you have to look at why all these people are attacking someone and wanting you to not listen to them. When someone says that person is evil and they did this, you go, okay, who else is saying what about that person? Instead of just believing what people are telling you, you need to realize there's a motivation behind what they're saying. And don't believe a word anyone says to you about anybody because you're getting their opinion. Do you see? So you have to look at things from a, a perspective that is outside of both of them. And, and the only way you can do that is you have to listen to one side, listen to the other side, and treat them like children. They're both going to tell me that the other side did it and they didn't do anything wrong. And so that, that you can just throw out right now because they cancel each other out. Okay? Like literally now, the, the atrocities. Well, the Israelis are claiming that they were attacked by Hamas. Hamas says we're attacking the Israelis because they attacked us first late, or earlier. And that's the chicken and the egg. You keep going back. It goes back thousands of years. Okay. So that is true. They both have done those things and committed atrocities to each other. They cancel each other out. What is it that they're fighting over and why are they doing it now? That's the important thing. What is the end game? What is being played out in front of you? Don't pick a side. You can't. Because both are lying to you and making it sound worse than it truly is to get sympathy from you. You have to look at it from the adult perspective and go, okay, enough fighting. Everybody out of the pool. What is it that they're actually fighting over? There's only one thing that they both agree on. What are they fighting for? They're fighting for land and who owns it. And it's a religious war about their doctor indoctrination and which corporation, religion, is the dominant one. 
And that's not the truth of what's going on because that's the lie that's being told to them in the religions to get them to fight against each other fervently. The truth is you need to back up further and go, where's the politics? Let's look at that religion in the background. What is that? Let's go global now. I'm not going to get into all those details because some of you are going to turn me off and go, now he's just completely talking politics here because you won't even get what I'm saying and you're going to pick a side and I'm going to be your enemy no matter which side you're on because you're picking one. As soon as you pick a side, I will become your enemy always. doesn't matter what side you pick. If you're a conservative, you probably hate me because you think I'm a, 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 a progressive. If you're a progressive, you hate me because you think I'm a conservative. If you're somebody that's right in the middle, you're hating me because you think I'm picking one of those two sides. Until you don't believe in any of that, and then you listen to me from the perspective of none of that religion, and then you're like, that guy's speaking the truth. And that's only because your perspective is now outside of the reach of that egoic uh, ideology that is that religion. Same thing when it comes to religion itself. I have four titles from four opposing religions, as a matter of fact. <laughs> okay, and, and, the, and the Hebrew religion doesn't acknowledge any of the religions that I actually have a title in. And the Christian religion, which I have two titles in, they don't uh, acknowledge the other religions that I have a title in. And the other religions that I have a title in, one is, is about uh, eight or 10,000 years older than, the, than both of the big three, than all three of them. They go back further than, than Mesopotamia. They go back further in time than the Hebrew religion, further in time than the Christian religion, further in time than the, than the Muslim religion. They're older, older than the Mesopotamian religion, proven by science. But they don't even admit that because it wasn't written down on parchment until the 1100s. Therefore, it didn't exist and it's fake. And if you look up any religion and say, how did they start? What's their creation story? You will always get 100% of the time. It is a creation myth. So if you say, Christianity is real. Look it up. The creation of Christianity is a myth. Well, Hebrews claim they're older and they're real. The Hebrew creation story is the creation myth. Well, what's the oldest religion on the face of the earth? Well, the Mesopotamian from the Dead Sea Scrolls. Look that creation story up and they'll tell you it's a myth. They never say any religion is a fact. They say they're all myth. Because why? Because they're painting the narrative to you that all of that is a lie and it's been created. Because they are trying to cast doubt so that you don't believe any of those stories. Yet they're fighting wars over the ideology and the scrolls. Yet officially, when you go on Google, none of those are actually true. They're all made up by humans. Oh, everything that everybody follows. And there's people out there that will tell you that. All religions are made up. They're all fake. They're all a lie just to control people. Those are people that are trying to spread all of that knowledge to get you to doubt everything. So you have to remember that on every level, they're creating doubt on every level. So it doesn't matter what it is. You, the sky is blue. That's a creation. That's fake. The sky's not actually blue. It doesn't matter what it is. There's somebody out there that is that is literally trying to tell you to convince you that Everything you know is, is fake and a lie. And that's part of the truth of the actual story. 
But the lie is the lie itself. Do you see? That's like me saying to you, I'm a perpetual liar. I never tell the truth. I lie in everything I say. I just lied to you. In fact, I'm lying now. That'll fuck you up. That's a paradox I just created that'll fuck up your mind. That's done on purpose. That's what they're doing to you. Let's continue with Rob. Oops. Sorry, my cord was stuck on my mouse here. Let's continue. After this introduction to the law of one, as I call it, I would like to get directly to the main work, which is creating an understanding that can be disseminated to those who would ask for it, and only to those who would ask for it, for an understanding that can allow them to greatly accelerate their evolution. I am very appreciative and feel it a great honor and privilege to be doing this and hope that we can accomplish this next phase. I have a question that the instrument has asked that I would like to ask for the instrument. She says, you speak of various types of energy blockages and transfers, positive and negative, that may take place due to participation in our sexual reproductive complex of actions. Sorry, I wanted to point out, Deborah said when I was talking about um, Jesse Ventura, she said, I know him. I'm from Minnesota. He was the governor, two-time governor of Minnesota. I remember him when he was uh, at Jesse the Body Ventura, the, the WWE wrestler. It was WWF back then. Um, and uh, at that time, he was, you know, only about, what, 10, 15 years out of being uh, in the U.S. military as a Navy SEAL. And I've admired him ever since, and he's very outspoken. Um, and he's gotten a little weird as he's gotten older, uh, but I still get emails from him um, with with things that he says and, and his videos that he's brought. Literally, I think I just got one the other day. It's Friday. I'll get another one. I think he sends them on Friday and Saturday every week. He sends me an email. Um, so I correspond with him. Uh, I'm sure you, you probably do too as well. So I, I know the story. I, I watched it unfold, uh, in real time when they threatened his life and, uh, told him they flew, a woman flew in who was hiding from the cabal and they met in Arizona, uh, when I was there, uh, I wasn't at the hangar that they were at, but I was not too far away from them. As a matter of fact, I didn't know what was happening, but they met in Arizona. It was either Arizona or New Mexico. Either way, they were less than 200 miles from where I was at at the time. Uh, in a hangar, she flew in, got out, and went in. She talked to him. She said, "There's a, there's a price on your head. They're going to kill you to shut you up." And he's like, "What? What can I do?" And she's like, "You need to flee. You need to run. You need to get your people out of this country. Go to a country that they, they don't care about to come get you. Uh, you need to change how you're talking to the world." Uh, and he said, "Is this true? And, and I mean, is this just something to shut me up, or are they really?" She says, "No, they're going to kill you. They're going to kill me too if they know I'm here. I can only stay for a, a little bit of time, and I have to get in the plane and fly out of this country again." Uh, before they realized that I'm here and send somebody to kill me. So he believed her and he left. And and uh, then they were like, don't ever come back. Uh, you know, and the whole thing started when they were chasing around the Bilderbergers. And one of his cameramen, who was English, literally noticed that he was being followed because they was he was at the gates filming and somebody decided to threaten him. And he called the English consulate. He called the English government and said, I'm an English citizen and I'm in the United States and we're, I was working for Jesse Ventura and we're following the, the cabal, the, the Bilderbergers, and now I'm being followed by them. And the woman on the phone said, I, I'm sorry, wait a minute, say that again? And so he said that and she said, hold, hold on a second. She put him on hold. He's in the car and these guys are following him and he's in the car and he's, and he's driving away and they're following him and they keep pulling up next to him and looking at him and staring at him and pointing guns at him and circling him and he's scared. And he's on the phone with the British government and somebody gets on the phone and says, do you have the Bilderbergers permission to be in the United States? And he says, what do you mean? Do I have their permission? No, I'm in the United States. I'm a, 
I'm on a film crew and I, and I have, you know, I'm, I'm an English citizen. You're the English government. And you know what they said to him? They're bigger than we are. If they don't want you around, you need to leave that country now. He says, what do you mean they're bigger than you are? You're the British fucking government. And the person on the other end of the phone said, yeah, and they're bigger than we are. You need to get out of that country now. So he hung up the phone. He called Jesse Ventura and he says, I'm going to the airport and I am leaving. And this is what happened. I am leaving and I am never coming back because they told me that the, these people are bigger and more powerful than the English government. And I am afraid and I am leaving. And De that's when Jesse Ventura was like, wait a minute, what? And that's when he got a call and said, they're coming for you too. And he met that woman and she flew in, got out, told him that and said, I got to go, got back in her plane and left the country. And he moved out of the United States after that. And they canceled his show, of course, to shut him up. But he still communes with people and sends messages to anyone who wants to listen to what he has to say. That's actually, and why is that? It's the same common denominator again. What for? This is the lesson that, that Merlin in the Merlin uh, uh, tradition was trying to teach to Arthur. If you read the sword and the stone, or, you know, the movies of, of King Arthur, he says in the, in the uh, Excalibur in 1982 is the only place I think that they actually show from the book, unless you read the book or the 21 lessons of Merlin, which is hard to find. That's a book that's hard on this planet to find. Now you can still find it because they did, but it's rare. Literally one of the lessons was, referring to the dragon and that the dragon was nature and uh and the 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 beast the dragon is the beast and that is the 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 warlike egoic nature of nature itself not that it is evil but it, the but the energy becomes that when you are self-serving and literally it, it, he said when if you wake the beast and you see it all in its whole, and it looks at you, it will burn you to cinders and cast you into oblivion. And that was what he was that he was trying to do to Morgaine uh, when she turned the charm making on him and then used that power for her own self and went and had a child with her brother so that she could use the bloodline and all of that. And I always know how that ended. Okay, but, but the necromancy of that and the lesson that was being taught was that it is everything, it is in everything, but it has the potential of both good and evil, depending on the person who has access to it. And if the persons who have access to it are evil, and you see that entirety all at once, and it gets their attention, when they get their attention on you, they will try and destroy you. And that is literally what was being taught. That was is lost in most of the stories that you see in most of the movies, uh, but as a Merlin and having that Merlin title, which is you, you still don't get, there's no orthodox, uh, uh, there is an orthodox religion of, of uh, Druids, but the Merlin title is not something that you can buy your way into like you can in any other title. Merlin title has to be given to you because you have to be chosen. Okay. And it took me 18 years of my life to get it. And I got it from a Merlin. Okay. And that's one of the titles that I have. People, you don't have a piece of paper. No one had a piece of paper with a title on it until just like oh, only about a thousand years ago. And in less, truthfully, less than that. 
that is all propagated by those people who want to control who has a title and you have to pay tithing to a person to give them your signature. So they'll authenticate you. You either know a thing or you don't know a thing. And if you pretend and you're lying, it doesn't take long for people to figure out that you're full of shit. You fool people for a while. You do. And you get over on people for a while and you make money. Eventually, that's the beauty of it. Eventually, given enough time, everyone is going to see through you and realize that you're full of crap, you're full of shit. You're taking them, you're lying, and they're going to move on until they finally find somebody who assists them and guides them into stop looking for other people. Look within yourself. Become. Become that. Being. Become. Hashtag be, be the change you want to see. That was be the change that came from Mahatma Gandhi, who said, be the change you want to see in the in the world. Become that which you want to see the world become. She states, please explain these blockages and energy transfers with emphasis upon what an individual seeking to be in accordance with the law of one may positively do in this area. Is it possible for you to answer this question? Ra, I am Ra. It is partially possible, given the background we have laid. This is properly a more advanced question. Due to the specificity of the question, we may give general answer. The first energy transfer is red ray. It is a random transfer having to do only with your reproductive system. The orange and the yellow ray attempts to have sexual intercourse create, firstly, a blockage if only one entity vibrates in this area, thus causing the entity vibrating sexually in this area to have a never-ending appetite for this activity. What these vibratory levels are seeking is green ray activity. There is the possibility of orange or yellow ray energy transfer, this being polarizing towards the negative, one being seen as object rather than other self, the other seeing itself as plunderer or master of the situation. In third asterisk ray there are two possibilities. Firstly, if both vibrate in third asterisk ray there will be a mutually strengthening energy transfer, the negative or female, as you call it drawing the energy from the roots of the beingness up through the energy centers, thus being physically revitalized, the positive, or male polarity, as it is deemed in your illusion. Now, before we get further, I want to point out positive and negative here. Everyone has everything backwards. Everyone has everything backwards in the physical, because it is. And, and what he had just said, negative, feminine, positive masculine okay the truth is in the in the physical the masculine is the positive but that's war that's aggression that's actually negative in the spiritual and the negative which is the receiving a man has a penis a woman has a womb a vagina so what how does this work when the two have a union the male takes his phallic which is the positive sticking out of him and puts it inside of the feminine receiving female and then he ejects sperm into her body aggression and then she takes that in and mixes it and blends it with her egg and creates the child so when he says negative that negative means receiving passive, not evil. But everybody thinks that positive means good and negative means evil because that's what they tell you in the in the physical because they want you to believe that everything that is that is not aggression warlike is evil. 
So up is down, down is up, left is right. Our planet is the same. The North Pole is the positive pole, and everyone thinks that's where the energy is expended from. It's actually the other way around. The energy in the North Pole of our planet is where the energy comes into the planet. And the negative is where the energy goes out of the planet. So here in the spiritual with the energy, negative means positive. Negative means energy going outward. But in the physical, it means energy coming inward. I did. Did Raw? No. <laughs> Rick says, did he say F? Yeah, I said fuck. I said that word. So, so literally in the physical, the polarity means the opposite. In the spiritual, the same polarity is, is stated feminine is negative. But that's not evil. Aggression is evil. But that's positive. Why? Because it's aggressive. It's expending. However, the north and south pole of the earth, the north pole, is where the energy is going into the planet. The south pole is where the energy is coming out of the planet and rotating back around. That's why I put that out. If you look at my reels or short, depending on the platform you look on, you see that where I show you the, the earth and the polarity and the direction of the energy. It comes out of the south and rotates up and around and goes into the north. But we call that North Pole and South Pole, and everyone sees the North Pole as positive and the South Pole as negative. It is in the spiritual because negative means repulsion, sending out. But that's in the, in the spiritual. That's actually going within. And that's where it gets confusing. And like the quantum weirdness, it gets confusing because uh, people uh, think that the underworld, which is what was told in the ancient world, means a negative place of uh, devil. And the underworld is, is actually a metaphor for looking within. The underworld was literally meaning looking within. So when you hear that, when you hear that, that word, you have to remember, again, the etymology of what those words meant at the time. You have to realize that when you go back in time to literally look at uh, when they talk about the, the God of the underworld, everyone assumes that means the devil because that's the bad guy. Because under is negative and primeval, and it must be uh, they must be talking about the devil. And the truth is that was all a metaphor for looking within yourself. The entire ideology back three thousand years ago of underworld meant going within, not the devil, the god of the underworld. That means the god of the devil. It must be the devil. That's not what they were saying, but that's what they tell you. Why? Because they don't want you looking there. Look away from there. Be afraid of it. Believe that that's the devil. That's the bad guy. It's a myth. It's made up anyways. Do you see all of the all of the workings of all of the, the so-called authority figures around the world, including all religions, all point you in a direction that is not looking within yourself. Selling you a product that says, Come over here every day, put your ass in my seat, give me money, come to my store, buy my products, and wait. Somebody's going to come get you. Every religion tells you that. Wait. Someone's coming. They're going to come as a thief in the night. They're going to come, and you're not going to know when. 
But the only way that you can have a seat is you got to pay me money. Come to our places and we'll tell you what you need to know. And just wait. Just hold on. It's going to happen. They've been doing this now for 2,000 years, 3,000 years, 5,000 years, telling the same story. Just wait, wait, sit here, pay a tithing, give me 10% of everything you ever make. Meanwhile, shut the fuck up, get a job, and do what you're told. All of that is a lie, all of it. When my book comes out, you're going to see that. Why? Because I'm going to be attacked the same way Russell Brand, the same way all of these people were, the same way people in further back in history I don't know if I'll ever go down in history as somebody who is famous or, or anything, but you're going to see that I'm going to be attacked. As soon as my book comes out, as soon as it hits a certain popularity and people start talking about it, you're going to see everyone attack me. You're going to see the churches attack me and claim I'm attacking them. And then anyone who listens to me now and knows what I'm saying is going to go, he said this was going to happen. And then you're going to have some people go, well, that's what evil people do is they tell you ahead of time. No, no, I'm telling you ahead of time because you need to not believe a word I say and you need to go down your own roads and take a look at what's going on and question everything, including what I tell you. Okay. Because it, you'll, you'll get further by not believing that anybody's telling you any truth that all of them are lying to you. First step in avoiding a trap is knowing of its existence and all the truths we cling to depend directly on a certain point of view of yours. So the truth is, Question everything. Question what I say. Question what everybody says. Don't believe anything. Don't believe the hype. Don't believe what you hear. Research it for yourself, but don't trust the platforms you're researching on. Research it everywhere. My father, when he, when I was a kid, and I we lived across the street from a Mormon church, and uh, I went to the church, and they had had us come in. My brother and I went and saw mass and talked to people, and they were saying they were Christians. So I went back to my father and said, Dad, are we Christians? And he said, well, we're Roman Catholic, uh, but we don't go to church because I was married before I was married to your mom, and I divorced but didn't get divorced in the church. Therefore, I've been uh, outed by the Roman Catholic Church, and he believed that, so he didn't go to church anymore. But he said... Just because we're Christian, just because we're Catholic, you, you don't just blindly follow that. I was like eight when I asked this question, maybe nine. I was young. He said, what you need to do, son, is look at all these religions that are out there and learn them. Buy their books, read their book, go to the churches, talk to their clergy, talk to people who go there, see their mass, listen to them, and, uh, and don't just get caught up in one. Do that with all of the religions until you have exhausted that, and then make up your mind. If any one of those fits for you, then by all means, do that. But don't just follow because our family are Christians or our family are Catholic. Don't follow that and just jump into that and believe that's the right way. Learn these things for yourself. Meanwhile, he was teaching me to be a Druid at, at the same time and teaching me that. Don't believe this either. You need to look into all of this. So because of that, I started doing that and I've done that my entire life. So that's how I'm, I'm a historian and a theologian because of that. And I learned about philosophy and I learned about physics and it's just about everything you can imagine because my father said, don't believe the hype, don't believe this stuff and learn as much as you can. And I took that to heart and what, you know, in philosophy, the word, the etymology of that word coming from the Greeks was a concept that means, and it, when I went to philosophy 101, my teacher who was a monk dressed in the brown uh, robe with the hood and the, and the white belt or uh, rope around his waist, literally at a college. Uh, that was a you know a secular college came in dressed like that to teach us. 
philosophy. And he literally said philosophy is the love of knowledge or the knowledge of love. He broke it down, what the concept meant to the Greeks for the word philosophy. So we think philosophical thought means to think, therefore I am, or to ponder uh, information about things uh, in a way with these allegories, like the allegory of the cave or the allegory of the tree falling in the woods. You guys know that one. That one's more popular than the allegory of the cave, although they're both taught in, in philosophy 101. So allegories and that concept of allegories uh, being taught uh, and their parables on on how things uh, are taught. And so they think that that's what that means. It doesn't. It means the quest for knowledge, the love of knowledge. And um, I got that bug as a kid. Uh, and I thank my mother for that, who read to me all everything that she could get, if she could find scientific research and everything when I was in the womb. And they've proven, science has proven now that kids who do that come out like hitting the ground running and they want to learn everything uh, because they had that, they were exposed to that through their mother uh, reading that stuff. So if your mother is trying to, to better herself when she's pregnant with you, you're going to come out doing the well, same thing. And she didn't do that with the other kids that she did with me. And when that came out and I said, mom, this is what science says. She goes, that was with that way with you. I couldn't get enough of reading everything, scientific things. I didn't even understand, but I knew I had to read it. And I just, I just kept reading it. It was like, you were telling me to read it. And apparently I was okay. Uh, and my brain works like a computer. I've had psychics say, are you a, a savant? And I'm like, your brain is like a computer. I'm unveiled. And yes, my brain is like a computer. Um, uh, you know, but the, these days I would be considered, I would have had ADD, ADHD a few years ago. And these days I would be considered on the spectrum of, of being, uh, um, you know, uh, uh, having Alzheimer's, Alzheimer's. I say that because my mother has that, uh, of having autism. Um, because of that, everybody is autistic now. It used to be that everybody was ADHD and ADD. Uh, and and then it, then it evolved into, uh, you know, now everybody is autistic and everybody has a heart attack. And it used to be that you only had a heart attack when, when your heart went haywire and you were in pain. And then it was, no, you can have a chemical heart attack, too. That's a heart attack just because you have stuff in your blood that's not working properly. And now everybody's got to take medicine because they have heart attack problems. And so now it's everybody is autistic. So, yeah, I would be on the spectrum today because that applies to all of you. <laughs> right. But the, the reason I, that I have these issues in life is because I'm unveiled. I know everything. There's many of us on this planet that are actually unveiled. We can't tell it to you. There's some things I can think that I can't say. You can get this knowledge, all of it. I don't own something. It's not mine. I don't own the planet. It just is. I don't own this knowledge. It just is. And that's what you guys out there need to understand the concept of. That's what they don't want you to know. They don't want you to know that you can know all of this. And they can't. They know that. Therefore, they don't want you to look here. And anyone who tries to point you here, they try to stifle and keep you away from hearing what I have to say. Because they don't want you to look within yourself and start to unlock this potential knowledge. And this is what Raw is talking about. The potentiation of knowledge that can be used by either side. And that's what they've done. They know that they need to keep that knowledge from you and that there is even knowledge there for you to find. That is the greatest trick the devil ever pulled, was getting you to forget that you are an immortal soul and controlling you. That is what this is all about. Let's continue. Finding in this energy transfer and inspiration. And now we're talking about the chakras. Let me get back on point. Now we're talking about the chakras, and he's and he's giving you this in the physical now, not in the spiritual. 
there's another side to this. He's talking about in the physical. So that's why he's saying, because the lower chakras, one, you know, the red, yellow, orange are the third, those three, the lower three is three dimensional. So that's all physicality, sexual aggression, control, everything that is in this place. Everything above that, when you get into the to the blue and the in the green and the purples, those chakras, those four, are the chakras of spirit, etheric. So the first ones are, I think, I am, I say, yellow ray, red ray, orange ray, sexual, all the stuff that is physical, the beast, the number of the beast, the human condition. And you can live in those and never move into the spiritual. And if you live in the bottom three, that is where they want you. They being those people that are these uh, these builders of, of societal structure and maintaining and managing that structure. They call that democracy, that religion. That means control over you and the knowledge and eradicate any knowledge of chakras because if you start learning the chakras and that ideology then you start going what are these other ones that are up here what do those mean never mind that now never mind that now stay in the bottom ones power control sex drugs rock and roll man money fame stay there stay there that's what they want you they don't want you going anywhere else the second you start moving up in your chakras and go wait there's more to explore Shh, no don't do that your ego will tell you that be afraid because your ego starts to not be listened to as much as you move up. So let's continue because then Ra is going to explain that. But you have to realize that they're talking on a physical plane because that's what those are more is to keep you in the physical. But there is a spiritual part of those as well. Uh, and we're not going to ring that out right this second because Ra is, is showing you that. And then Ra will do that and we'll get to that. We only had a couple minutes left of this session. Let's see if we can get through it this week. Uh, and then uh, otherwise, if we don't, we'll just finish it off next week. But let's go. And which satisfies and feeds the spirit portion of the body slash mind slash spirit complex, thus both being polarized and releasing the excess of that which each has in abundance by nature of intelligent energy. That is negative slash intuitive, positive slash physical energies. See, so again, saying that the positive is the physical plane. So that's the evil. So it's not positive. Positive isn't good in the physical. It's evil. Negative in the physical is good. In the spiritual, positive is the good. Negative is the evil. They're opposites to each other. Do you see? So they don't want you. They don't tell you that there is the dual aspect. They say positive is good. Negative is evil. And what they're really saying to you is, in the physical, positive is good by our standards and negative is evil by our standards. And the opposite is actually true. But they don't want you to know that. So they don't teach you there is a spiritual, which is the opposite of the physical. So the truth is, if you are in their minds, negative in their minds, evil, you're good in the physical and in the spiritual. Do you see? So that's why I say, when I say about myself, I am evil in their minds because I am anti them. I'm the opposite of them. They are living in the physical, the bottom three chakras, and they want you to be there, and they want that to be your religion. 
and your way of life and your reality, your delusion, that that is all that you are. And they control that because that is all they can do because they are denying the upper four chakras and all of the energy thereof, therein. And they want you to be in the same place, down there with them. It's the only way they can exist and have power. Because the second that you move into the upper four, start moving into the upper four chakras, they lose all control over you. And so does your ego. And so does everyone else. Everyone has no more control over you when you take control of yourself and not allow them to have it. But it takes you to have something in your life happen to you that makes you say, fuck this, Rick. <laughs> Did he say F? To say, fuck this, I'm not letting anybody do anything to me. I'm going to take care of myself. And then you start asking questions. You don't believe anything anyone says to you. And you start looking into it for yourself. That is the dark night of your soul, whether you know it or not. And you're taking control and taking back your own, that's right, Denise, your own power. Over yourself and pride in yourself. Screw them. I'm not going to listen to them anymore. I am me and I am free. They don't want you doing what I just said. That's against their laws. Because then you stop listening to them too and everyone else. And then you start making decisions for yourself because you start asking questions. And when you ask questions, you start seeing things in a different way. And pretty soon you look at all of that and go, I'm not buying any of it. And guess where that gets you? Gets you looking internal. It gets you looking at everything from a different perspective. The first step in avoiding the trap is knowing its existence. You realize there's a trap. You realize you don't want to be in it anymore. And now you don't want to buy into anything anyone's telling you. No religion, no politics, nothing. And then you start looking where? Elsewhere. And when you start looking elsewhere and you don't buy into any of the things they're doing, then you start trusting yourself. Your own initiative, your own intuitive, you start looking within yourself, and you that's and if you, you stay there but stay in the physical, you'll never go anywhere and you'll be stuck. But if you then start going, what is what is going on? And and uh, you know what, I'm gonna take care of myself, and you start taking care of yourself and loving yourself and doing things to help yourself, you're then going inward and you're starting to, to see your own worth. That's becoming self-aware, that's becoming conscious of your beingness and that you count. Claiming all your power back. Karen says this. I'll put it up on the screen. I'll read it to those of you listening on the MP3 broadcast. Claiming all of your power back due to disqualified energies and sending them love. Right? Did I say that right? Yes. So that, so what you're doing is you're literally at that point is you're, you're learning that you don't have to hate anyone, that you can still just send them your love. Right? And that you are not going to buy into their hate. You're not going to buy into their prejudice. You're not going to believe that everybody's at war with one another and that all races hate each other and that white people are trying to kill black people just because they're black. Or that white people are killing Jewish people. The white people are the ones that are the evil now. Everybody that's white hates all other races and they're trying to murder all races. Who's telling you this, white people? Weird. Wait a minute. Who's telling you this? Who is telling you that all white people are evil? White people. No, they're not. It's not white people. Okay. Black Lives Matter gets all of their money from who? Rich white people. Antifa around the world is what race? They're all white people. 
when you take off their masks, they're rich white kids. They're not you. They're not poor people off the streets. Every single person who has been unmasked, who is Antifa around the world, belongs to a rich family who is well-to-do and going to a college that costs more than a million dollars a year to get into. All of the organizations that are telling you that they are for the people, power to the people, Black Lives Matter, the heads of Black Lives Matter ran away with a bunch of money and they're being sought after now by governments around the world to go to jail. But all that money, where did they get it from? Rich white people. Look it up. I proved that and I got deleted for it. I showed you that. They don't put that on the air anymore. They used to all, all uh, uh, websites used to have to show you who their donations came from. They had to list that for you. That ended when people like me in 2019 and 2020 started pointing out and showing you here's the website of, of Antifa and where they get all their money from. And here's the website of Black Lives Matter and who pays them. And all of the people who paid them millions and millions, hundreds of millions of dollars a year were rich white corporations. The Democratic Party, George Soros, uh, Mike Bloomberg, Bill Gates, Mark Zuckerberg. All of these people are white. They are the ones that are funding Black Lives Matter. To what? Hate white people. Why would they do that? Antifa are all the grandkids of those rich people. The people in charge of Antifa are the grandkids of those same rich people. Look it up. And when I showed that to the world, I got deleted and they said that I was spreading conspiracy theories. I'm like, I was printing, showing the website with the donations on it that they have on their website. Guess what they did? Other people around the world were doing the same thing I was doing. They changed the laws and they no longer have that on websites. So when you go to websites, you can't see who's giving them money anymore. Why would they do that? Because we were pointing out where the money was coming from. Now you can't do that. They took away that ability. Oh, wait a minute. Nothing to see here. You don't get to see that. So there's no transparency anymore by corporations of who they're paying money to or where their money's coming because people were showing the world just that. So they took that knowledge away from the world and you can't look it up right now. Look up any company and look up who is their donations. You will not get a list. It's not there. No more button. Taken away from all the websites during COVID. Why? Okay? Because it's religion. It is the way the modus operandi of evil that the Anunnaki are, whatever you want to call that group of people, the Bilderbergers, the Anunnaki, the Cabal, the Swamp, the Orion Crusaders. Those are all just different names for the same ideology of evil narcissists in service to self knowledge that they have in power and control as their religion. Money, power, control, government, military, selling you a product, retail. All of those are just wings of the same religion. This is what Raw is warning about. And all of that is the lower chakras. To get back on point as we move up into the chakras now. All of that is the lower three chakras, red, yellow, and orange chakras. Okay, red, orange, and yellow in that order. And we are in the place of the yellow ray sun, third dimensional, third planet, third chakra, 
yellow ray sun, yellow ray chakra, this place of doing, chakra of doing. And the orange is sexual and the red is, is reproduction. Let's continue with Ra explaining that. You may call them this energy transfer being blocked only if one or both entities have fear of possession, of being possessed, of desiring possession or desiring being possessed. Asterisk this should be fourth or green. Don and RA corrected the error in session 32. The other green ray possibility is that of one entity offering green ray energy, the other not offering energy of the universal love energy, this resulting in a blockage of energy for the one not green ray thus increasing frustration or appetite, the green ray being polarizing slightly towards service to others. The blue ray energy transfer is somewhat rare among your people at this time but is of great aid due to energy transfers involved in becoming able to express the self without reservation or fear. The indigo ray transfer is extremely rare among your people. This is the sacramental portion of the body complex whereby contact may be made through the violet ray with intelligent infinity. No blockages may occur at these latter two levels due to the fact that if both entities are not ready for this energy, it is not visible and neither transfer nor blockage may take place. Okay, so that is literally what I've been saying the entire show when you guys thought I was talking about politics, when I was saying that you unlock a knowledge when I was getting into that, you unlock a knowledge that can only be unlocked by those people who are seeking knowledge and looking within and becoming a spiritual being. This is what he's talking about. And that is the last two chakras, the top two, indigo, blue, and the purple or violet chakras that are the sixth and seventh, the third eye, and the, and the spiritual chakras of the human body. You can only activate them if you are moving out of the physical plane into the spiritual so that you're no longer uh, blocking the top four and you go to the green and you start moving up from that, but you have to learn the love of the green heart chakra first and activate that chakra, which is what Karen was talking about with only giving them your love. But they, like Karen says, separate and put people against one another, keeping you in the lower dividing, divided we fall uh, keeping us uh, in the lower of three chakras. So you have to then uh, start moving up into the green ray chakra, which can be from the uh, bottom three utilized. And you heard that transfer of energy there of domination because domination and that dominatrix and all of that is a form of love. Uh, even though it's a, a, it's an aggressive form, it is a form of caring and love. And so there is an exchange there that is starting to utilize the green. That's halfway through the sixth dimension. They can go halfway, right, before they have to change course or repent their ways and then move up in the, in the spiritual. So they can move into the heart chakra, but they can't create with it because they can't love with it because they only love themselves. But they, but they do feel the love because they have the love for, for self. So they do get to the green ray, but it's only halfway through the green ray. Do you see? Which is the fourth chakra, but that's in the spiritual-minded sense, halfway through the sixth. Okay? So that's why it gets confusing to people when they go, we're going through the fourth and the fifth, then to the sixth. And, the, and they think that they're talking about physically, and the physical plane is going to change, and all of a sudden the world's going to be different. That, that's going to be only an appearance in your mind, because the world's going to stay the same as long as you're in it, because you're in the third dimension. It's talking about the density, which is where your spirit uh, relies, where your spirit lies, where it is and it exists. As you move up into that, you are still in the physical plane, in the physical pain body, but you're you're now residing in your spiritual 
aspect. This is what Karen was saying about aspects, right? Where did she say that? I saw it there, <laughs> right? The next thing she said, she said, divided we fall, people need to unite with all aspects. What does that mean? That means the spiritual, the spiritual becomes the aspects or the archetypes that are spiritual. And you reside in those when you get out of the body and you reside in the spiritual, you're still physically in this uh, avatar, but your spirit is uh, is way uh, bigger and outside of that. You sense that your energy also is a lot larger, right? Aspects of self, Karen said to specify, right? So you start becoming in, in all aspects of yourself, which means all chakras and all aspects of each chakra point. So you're out of the bottom three only, and now you're uh, aligning all chakras, and that is what? Attuning the kundalini and kundabuffer energy, the yin and the yang 100%, and activating all of that. And now you're no longer just in the bottom. You use that energy from the bottom three because that is part of the aspect of all of your energy. But you're not living just only in that and denying the top four aspects of yourself you're now becoming being becoming whole becoming one becoming your potentiality and this is what ross talking about let's continue it is as though the distributor were removed from a powerful engine this instrument was able as an example of this working to baffle the orion group during tape blank experiences as you call this substance due to the right pamela says she says that's a trip when you when you go to another plane or dimension density actually uh in spirit and feel it it is complete isn't it that's like it's crazy it you can actually feel that and you get there like right now i'm channeling from a very high place and i don't have my camera on i'm gonna start going back to that next week i'm gonna hook up my camera so you guys can actually see my face uh when i talk uh on here i stopped doing it and a lot of people are like i really wish you put your camera back on so i don't have my camera's not working on my laptop so i'll have to put a camera here like i do when i was on other people's shows. So starting next week, you'll be able to see me when I talk uh, and you can see the difference uh, in that. Peter uh, GV uh, has convinced me and Peter Coyle, both of those two lads have convinced me to get back on camera because then you can see what it is that they see when I speak and other people know that. You just hear my voices, those of you listening on the MP3 and you don't get to see. Uh, and there's a, there's a reason that we want cameras on and have people see because then you can see the difference in uh, uh, not just my voice, but of my face when I'm looking at the camera. So I am going to start going back on camera next week. I was going to do it today, but I was running behind uh, taking care of my mother and giving her a shower and stuff like that during the day, uh, getting her uh, settled in. And I ran out of time and didn't have enough time to hook the camera up uh, because I was trying to also edit, uh, getting ready in case we got through this to, to start the next session and I had to go through that session and edit, you know, put the word that H in there. So he says raw instead of RA because the computer doesn't say raw computers is RA. So I had an H. Uh, so the computer uh, says the word raw instead of RA um, just because this program doesn't see it the right way. <laughs> it doesn't read it the right way. Okay. So I'm going to go back to doing that. Uh, so you guys can see uh, the look in my eyes, my face. And when I talk as much as, so you get the visual as much as the voice, uh, which is important. That's why I am always on camera and other people are on camera when we talk so that you guys see the visual and hear our voices as well. Uh, so I'm going to go back to that. So you guys can see that uh, and take my glasses off and put them on when I need to read and take them off so that there's no glare from the camera stopping you from seeing my eyes. Um, uh, so then uh, Cherry says my heart chakra 
uh, is my issue. It keeps bringing me down. That, well, it's not your heart chakra that's bringing you down. It's your ego that's bringing you down and your heart chakra is feeling the pain. So you think that your heart chakra is, is actually pulling you down. It's not. The heart chakra is it, it's only does what you uh, it gives you the energy that you take from it. So the potentiality is, is there for both. So the issue that you have, uh, I wish I had my camera on so you could see me right now, Jerry, the, the issue that you're having with that chakra is a blockage that is a, a mental thing. So it's something that's going on either in your thought process um, or it's one of the lower chakras and your ego is in the lower chakras that's pulling you back away from your heart and expanding that chakra and moving into that uh, loving of trusting presence of your chakra. The ego wants you out of that. The ego needs you in the bottom three. So it's going to give you all kinds of uh, desperately to keep you from moving into your head. So it's going in what we call the head. We're moving into your spirit. So the heart chakra is not pulling you down. That's just where you're feeling the pain. The pain that you feel, the anguish that you feel is your heart chakra crying out for you to hear it, to embrace the love that is in there. So that's all that's happening to you there. So there is a blockage there that you have to work on. There's something within yourself um, that you, right? So you're saying the pain of people is overwhelming. Yes, that's the empathy of, of you opening up your heart chakra. And when you do that, you're exposing yourself to other people's pain because of the empatheticness of love and love of others. Um, you have to realize that that pain is not yours and that it is theirs and you have to accept it. I feel it all the time. Everyone who moves up into the heart chakra, you feel the love and you feel the anger, the hate, the angst, the cryingness, the hurt of the planet itself and the universe at all times. That is the sacrifice. That is this crucifixion. That is the dying on the cross, being able to accept the pain of the world and become the light of the world. Now I sound Christian, don't I? But that's the Christos. So you have to uh, feel that and know that that's not a bad feeling to feel all of that pain. Accept the pain and don't take it on as yourself. Realize that that pain was given over. There is a character, a savior character, Thor, Jesus, Marduk, Moses, Mohammed. They took the pain. They took it on themselves. Mahatma Gandhi, uh, uh, John F. Kennedy in the United States, uh, uh, Martin Luther King Jr. They took on that role and sacrificed themselves and died. You don't have to do that. They did it. So you don't have to do it. They've already done it. You have to realize I'm not them. I'm not here to die for people. So all the pain and anguish that I feel is not a bad thing. That's what it is that means I'm alive. To know that pain and then to see that pain and feel the pain. Then you say to yourself, I'm, I'm not going to die because of it. It's not going to kill me because I'm immortal. But what am I going to do with that pain? There's the potentiality, do you see, of your heart chakra. So then if you return that energy, I'm going to give love. This is what Karen was saying. I am going to give love back to all of that pain and love that pain for what it represents. That's when you realize that that pain you're feeling and the anguish you're feeling is the pain body is that which is physical and all of that hurts to be in this place physically is damaging to us and hurts us. And to rise above that, you have to acknowledge it and move through it. So you have to feel the pain 
Acknowledge that you're feeling the pain of all everything in the universe that is struggling and everything that is being done to everyone, raping, killing, murdering, beating, all of that you're going to feel. It's there always. And that is there to remind you that there is this place in the physical and you overcome that by sending love back to that. And then you move into the love. That's moving through the pain into that love. And that expands your heart chakra. That pain is still there because, but then it gets dulled because of the love. And then you've risen above it. And it's always going to be there because it is the lower uh, sacrifice of the lower chakras. But it becomes dull. You can always feel it. And anytime you want to tap into it, you can start crying. I can. I'll do it right now if the camera was on. And that's not acting. I'm allowing myself. Actors tap into that emotion. They find that emotion and that's how they cry. What they're doing is they're going into their heart chakra and they're picking something that really hurts and they're letting it affect them so they can cry on camera. That's not evil to do that. That's a, that's a trait. That's why a lot of actors and actresses become very spiritual because they don't realize it. But by doing that, they're, they're pulling themselves up into that position of knowing this isn't real. It's not hurting me. Right. It's but I'm experiencing that. That's what we're here to do is experience all of that, but also the love. Do you see? So don't be discouraged by hitting that plateau of being able to to feel the pain. Revel in that and know that I'm not dying. It's not killing me. That which doesn't kill me makes me stronger. Frederick Nietzsche said that. So you acknowledge that. I said I put out a meme or a, a, a reel or a short that talks about sacrifice and talks about um, the dark night of the soul and uh, what you do with that, how, whether you rise from it or, re or revel in it and stay in it. So if you stay the victim, you stay in that place of the pain and stay down there, then you'll never rise above it. But if you choose to acknowledge it, it's a parable on everything I've said so far. When you choose, okay, you're right. It's there. It, it happened. It's happening now. It sucks. Every time I look, I can see the pain. I can tap into. When you get to that, you're already starting to have the ability to tap into the halls of Amente or the Akashic Record because you're sensing already all of the pain of all of humans. That's part of the Akashic Record. So for you, then you have to say, I, "That's already. I'm, I've already unlocked some doors that I'm tapping into the anguish and the pain and the hurt and the sorrow." There's another part that's halfway through the heart chakra. Do you see? I want to tap into the other part of that. What is the opposite of all those things that I just said? Love, wonderment, beauty, significance, wonder, love, all of that. You're going to feel that when you move into the higher part of that chakra. That's the opposite of all that pain is love. The opposite of strife is peace. The opposite of war is peace. Masculine energy, war. Men are from Mars. Mars is the god of war. Women are from Venus. Venus is love. The goddess of Venus is the goddess of love. Venus means love. So that, those are two aspects, the yin and the yang, of the heart chakra. Do you see? And you're already sensing all of the negative. What you need to do is unlock and allow yourself to feel that and then go, what's the other, what's the opposite of all those things I'm feeling? It's all beauty and wonder and love. So experience that as well. Once you do that, you're going to move into a higher plane. And then that's going to give you what? The next chakra up and that's wisdom. 
right? Because you're going from love to wisdom now, and then you're going to go from that to what? Sacrifice again, which is the inner standing, which is the violet chakra uh, that is the culmination of both of all of that, of the understanding, inner standing, knowledge, wisdom, love. And then it's the, what do I do with this? That's the, the next chakra up from that. So you're moving into the, to the higher four chakras. Just allow yourself to do it. Just cut loose. Just let it go. Know that it's there and you can always tap into it whenever you need it. It's always going to be there and it's always going to be in the back of your mind. Everything you see is you're going to feel from here on out. You always feel other people's anguish and pain and suffering. Whenever you are seeing it, you're going to feel it. That's part of the love. You can't know the wonderment of love without knowing the pain and the unvirtue of sorrow and destruction, rape and pillage and all of those things that are negative that are part of the love chakra. You can't know the wonderment of the rest without it. You can't know good without bad. You can't know light without dark. You can't know life without death. You can't know love without hate. So all of the things that hate creates are abusive to other people. You can't know that until you do. And you can't know love truly until you know sacrifice and all those things. Do you see? That's the death of the, of the soul and the resurrection. The acknowledge and sacrifice that I'm going to feel this and acknowledge this whenever it's there and the empathy to have it. But the knowledge to know that I am love and I choose to be that and I'm going to give love over to those who are feeling that anguish, who haven't risen to this place yet. And the knowledge that you gain when you move into the next chakra is the realization that I have to do something and love those people because of who they are. And that's when you hear the words that Jesus said on the cross, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do, because now you're looking down from the fourth and fifth and going into the sixth chakra. The third eye is awakening, and the knowledge that you're gaining from the sixth chakra, which is the third eye, which is the sixth dimension in the third dimension in the density of the third eye, and then, then uh, the knowledge of love and the love of knowledge, the philosophy of this place. I don't know if that makes sense at all. Let's finish the last minute and a half of this session uh, this week so that next week we'll start with a brand new session. fact that it effectively completely opened other self to third ray, we correct this instrument. It is growing low in vital energy, green ray energy, and partially open other self to blue ray interaction. May we ask if you have any queries before we close? 26.39 questioner, if you would please make the instrument cough. I will ask one, two quick things. Right. Well, Cherry, and let me finish this the last 45 seconds, and then I'll address what you were saying. Talking about I've been given medication to fill it because I couldn't take it uh, constantly. They want you on medication so that you don't take it. You don't take what you're feeling and then move and rise above it. They want you on the medication to keep you in the in the bottom three chakras. Let's continue in the last part of this here. Ra, cough. 26.40 questioner. The instrument asks, how long do the debilitative effects that I am experiencing from the use of LSD last? And is there anything that we can do to make the instrument more comfortable? Ra, I am Ra. Firstly, the period of weakness of bodily complex is approximately three of your lunar cycles, the first ingestion causing approximately one of your lunar cycles, the second having a cumulative or doubling effect. Secondly, this instrument is well. You are most conscientious. I am Ra. I leave you, my friends, 
in the love and the light of the one infinite creator. Go forth, then, merry and glad and rejoicing in the power and the peace of the one creator. Adonai. Okay. So we finished this session. We'll start the next session next week. Okay. So, and then Karen says, there's a path from the third eye chakra to the heart. And you can learn to just drop down into the sacred heart chambers and all of the memories there. So she's referring to what I was talking about, where you're in that place where you're starting to feel all of that pain and anguish, the empathy part of the heart. And once you get up to the third eye, this is what Karen is referring to, there's a pathway back down. You have to get there first so that you can then look down and move down in there whenever you need to. But you don't lower your vibration and, and come back down here. This is what we wanderers do to be in this place. We are in the sixth, halfway through the sixth density or, or dimension. And we are down, uh, coming back down into the third dimension and being born in these bodies. But I am residing. This is what Karen's talking about. I am residing in my third eye chakra, but I am, that's in this place. But my, my, I am me being, I am there. That is being unveiled. I am there halfway through the sixth dimension. And I am talking to you in this avatar from there currently. And you can do the same thing when you're here in the third dimension and you haven't gotten uh, as unveiled as the, that I am currently. You get into your third eye chakra, which is halfway through the sixth chakra in this place. And you can then descend through that chamber that she's talking about to come down to and be in this place, but not actually lower your vibration and forget everything that you've unlocked. This is what Karen is referring to here. Okay. And Cassie knows this. This is what she said. I've learned the same thing. It's a beautiful, it's beautiful and, uh, and unfathomable. That's what Cassie said, because it is when you, when you, but you have to let yourself go up that high first. Why do you think they call it high when you're doing like drugs? When you take ayahuasca, DMT, smoke pot. That's why do you think they call it high? I'm high. Yeah, you are. Cause you're higher in vibration. You're higher up in your spiritual uh, place. That's why they demonize that all those drugs that are, and they call them psychedelics and they say, Oh, don't take those. Those are bad. And they try to make it bad when people like uh, Aaron Rodgers take, uh, I think he did, I don't know if it was ayahuasca. I think it was ayahuasca. And then he had to, uh, 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 was able to see all of this knowledge and they were like, Oh, he's crazy now. Cause he took this drug. Cause they don't want you doing that. Right. They don't want you doing that because it, it first of all, if you don't do it right and you have people screwing with you and that's why people, evil people screw with you. If you do like mushrooms and you, and you get that and you get that uh, a psilocybin from the mushroom, they want you to have a bad trip because if you don't and they let you go on your own, you're not going to have a bad trip. You're going to have a good one. And they don't want you to do that. So evil people will fuck with you, put you on the drugs and then scare you when you're on the drugs and make you have a bad trip. Why? Because they don't want you going above the third three chakras. Do you see? So literally, the, you have to just, just to let, Cherry, just let go. Let it go. Let it happen. Let, and then feel that emotion. But then don't take it on yourself. Don't, don't sit there and wallow in it and cry and, and, and feel all that. Just, but know that, yeah, it's there. And you're going to you're going to feel it. It's going to be always with you. It becomes part of you 
it's the only way that you can exist in this universe is to know all of that negative because that's what drives you forward. But you also have to have that. The first step in avoiding a trap is knowing of its existence, right? But you also, you, so you have to have that. That's the ego. You have to have the ego to then move up. The ego is what drives us and helps us learn. So you, so you have to have all negative there. It's part of us so that you can then focus on the positive and allow yourself to grow. So the negative will always be a part of you because you have to have that to remember, no matter how high up you get. The whole entire purpose of this entire experiment from the creator was to generate that. The creator itself, we, us, they, them, as the creator did this so that we could create that to experience it and feel it. So what is, the, what is the purpose of this third dimension? We, the creator, are becoming self-aware of ourselves in this place that we created. Internally. This is in our minds. That's why I put that reel out there, the short, whatever you want to call it, that said this isn't happening. It only thinks it is. It just thinks it is. We created this so that it thinks it's happening, so that it would convince us that it's happening, so that we would get stuck here on purpose to experience this. And then evil people learned that and they're trying to keep anyone from leaving. <laughs> That's the modus operandi that Raw is warning us about. That is what has taken place here. In all these things, in all of those dusty old tomes, they tried to rearrange and take out and change the stories so that you wouldn't learn that knowledge that I just said to you. But it's still there. And when you start to unlock that by going to the heart and expanding your consciousness there and letting it go further. And when you get into the indigo ray, the blue ray, and then into the violet ray, chakra centers of your soul, and, and you move into that place and realize that the veiling becomes very thin. And this is the month of the year where the veiling is the thinnest on the earth. On top of that, we're literally having tomorrow Literally, some of you today, depending on where you are in the world, tomorrow for me, 1 p.m., 12.30 my time here in the West Coast, 1.30 mountain time, we're having a solar eclipse here in the northern hemisphere of the planet. Because it's a new moon, so it's a new moon, so that means for us up here, it's not a full moon, so it's not the brightest, it's dim to nothingness, but the moon itself is going to get in the way of the sun, the physical moon, it's going to get in the way of the sun and block it out and, and show us a also dark sun. So we're going to have a black hole sun during a new moon, during the, the last 14 days of the veiling, which this is the beginning right here, 14th day. Today's Friday the 13th for me still, but for most of the world, it's already the 14th. The 13th, 14th day is the beginning of the very last part of the veiling of the year. The veil becomes the thinnest on October 30th, 31st, and then on the 1st of November, the veiling slams shut again. But this is the weakest point. So that means you have total access. Whether you are stuck in the bottom three chakras or not, this time your veiling is thinner and easier to penetrate than at any other time on the face of the earth. It is that way. This time of the year, this time of the month, this is the last 14 days that is going to be the most from here until the 1st of November, the veil gets thinner and thinner and thinner and thinner and thinner. Vanessa, welcome. 
I use my sunglasses, right? <laughs> right. Think about that uh, in the uh, in the uh, the the movie They Live, right? The Ray Bans. You put on the Ray Bans, and you can see. That was uh, having the eyes to, to see. That was what that entire uh, story was about. Okay. So, Cherry, let it happen. Revel in it. Feel it. Know that it's there. Accept all of that. That is your death and sacrificial resurrection from that point. It's going up. Yeah. And then, see, and then I brought it up. Cassie says, oh, my God, I just heard Black Hole Sun on the radio earlier today. Now, that makes me wonder how awake the DJ might have been. Maybe so. The DJ may have played Black Hole Sun on part. You should listen to that song, guys. By, by uh, what was the name of the band? They were from Seattle. What was the name of the band? I can't think of their name right the second. I can hear the guy's voice. Um, but you guys should listen to the song Black Hole Sun and hear what they're talking about. Everybody tries to spin that into, oh, the Black Hole Sun means that there's a hole in the sun that's black. And that's and that's because the evil in the hole, and it doesn't mean that. <laughs> black Hole Sun means eclipsing of the light and the night and, and knowing that there is a knowledge behind that darkness. And so the veiling is thin. The veiling is when the sun is is at its darkest. But you, but the, so that corona is still there to let you know there's light behind it. So the the that whole existence on the solar eclipse is happening so that the the so that you see the darkest point of the veiling, but you still know that there's some light behind it. And that's the darkest point. That the the night is the darkest just before the dawn. And then the sun the the moon moves away from the sun, or the sun moves away from the moon. And the, the there's that's cracking of the sky and the illumination. So whenever that happens, it's the the black hole sun is to show you the darkness and the veiling being thin and then the opening of the illumination. That is the same thing that's happening at this time of the year for the human existence. This is the Christos. This is the illumination. That's why we're here in the North. You're going into winter and then you have the illumination in Christmas in December. So this is the cycle of the unveiling or veiling. So you have to have the veil be the thinnest before it slams shut. So now we're going into the the veiling of winter, and that's the 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 all of a sudden the veil is strongest. It's the beginning. The first day of the veiling is November first, and that is Lent for the Christian religions. Going into Christmas, the Christos. That's your death and resurrection in December. Do you see? So literally the eye is open now, wider than it will be your third eye. Then it's going to slam shut. And then you have to have the resurrection. So this is, and this time for me as a Virgo is I'm going through the, the oil right now is in my brain. And uh, it started on Wednesday. So Wednesday at noon, my time, Thursday, Friday is the three days. Today at noon was the three days. Uh, so literally 2.5 days. So literally at noon today, so right around now is when the Christos oil is about to pop in my brain and illuminate my consciousness even more. If you're a Virgo and you're on the planet and you're live listening to me right now at 6.26 p.m. West Coast uh, United States time, you, if you haven't had sexual uh, uh, intercourse of any kind in the last three days and you haven't been drinking and you're not drunk right now and you're not eating crap food and you're meditating and you're actually taking care of yourself, you're about to have an illumination, which is the Christos, which is the oil, the two oils going down the Kundalini Kunda buffer 
going down your spine and coming back up, the death and resurrection of the Christ. And it's about to crack open the sky, the minyoner. That's the Thor's hammer, which means lightning. And Thor means thunder. And Thor is cracking the sky to illuminate the sky and drive Finru the wolf out of the sky. That's happening for Virgos today. Karen, you're a Virgo. I know. No sex, Eastern time. You are about to be illuminated if you haven't had sex for a couple of days and you haven't been and you're not drunk right now. So you're not eating of the tree of life. Then the Christos oil is in your brain currently about to pop and raise your vibration and expand your consciousness. And it's DMT, just like if you took DMT or ayahuasca or uh, psilocybin, it is the same effect that is being created by those two oils in your head right now. And the DMT is about to release into your brain. You live in California. You're in Southern California. You're on the same timeline, same same time zone as me, right? So literally, and you're a Virgo. So this is happening for you currently. You should check the, the scale of when that happens. When the moon is in Virgo every month for 2.5 days. They usually say it on the calendar for three days. That is when that oil happens. If, you, if you're not sure of that, contact me afterwards. I'll send you a video. You can watch it or you can look on YouTube for it. Okay. Jerry, are you a Virgo as well? If so, then this is all, this is divine uh, intervention as to why you came here to hear me speak right now, because you're learning this if you didn't already know it. This is going to expand your consciousness. It could happen at any moment. I don't know when, I had it happen to me one time when I was watching television and I forgot the day and all of a sudden I was like, whoa, that was crazy what just happened. And then I looked at my phone and went, oh, ha that oil just expanded. So literally, well, if it happens while I'm on my show, I'm already so high up in my vibration, I'm channeling to you right now from a very high place. And, and sometimes I do this and I'll start saying shit I can't say to you guys on the planet and they'll stop me. So for me, I won't notice it as much, but I know it's happening. <laughs> right? Just a conversation, Karen says, activates people. Yes. So just talking about it activates. When I tell people that uh, um, there's a lot of things, see, I was about to tell you something <laughs> that I can't tell all of you, uh, but I've had the conversation individually with some of you. Um, about the, the higher chakras. And yeah, they're not letting me tell you. Okay, so there's some things that I can't say right now because people in the, on the earth aren't ready to hear what I was about to say to you. That was funny. I didn't intend to do that. That sounds like I did, but I didn't. I was literally going to talk about something. I have had conversations with specific people off camera that I didn't realize I can't tell to the world yet because there's a knowledge that you guys uh, have to know before the, the whole consciousness of the earth wasn't ready to hear what I have to say. So I just got stopped. <laughs> that was, I hate when that happens because it frustrates me because uh, I thought it was innocent uh, and knowledge, but it wasn't. It had to do with the third, the three chakras. Uh, and you're not, see, they're, I'm still trying to push it and they won't let me do it. Okay. So I have to stop guys. I apologize. I'll have to stop on that topic uh, right there and move back to what I was talking about. So, uh, <laughs> so literally uh, it, with the, whatever sign sign you are, you can look online and, and find out the calendar, right? Cassie said, I, uh, I, I put it in my calendar uh, and now like, uh, like uh, Leo suggested. I did, the, I did the same thing and I suggest you all do that. There's a website that you can get. Uh, if you're not already in one of the chats, Cherry, go to have somebody in here put you into the Law of One chat on Messenger. We have all these conversations when we're off camera there for the class, the Law of One class chat. And, uh, and we can give you the, the link to that website and it tells you when uh, the moon uh, goes into the uh, your sign, uh, and if you are a Virgo, it's now, uh, and it's a new moon, and it's a uh, and it's a, a solar uh, eclipse, 
at the same time at the uh, the last moon of the veiling, which is the thinnest port of the veiling. So those people who are Virgos around the world, you have all kinds of alignments right now to illuminate your consciousness like crazy for this time of year uh, because of all the alignments. New moon, last new moon of the, of the uh, veiling, the thinnest veiling uh, of the year is literally the next two weeks. And uh, at that time, the, the moon has moved into Virgo, which means what comes after Virgo, whatever November is, you guys, the moon's going to move into you uh, starting today, tomorrow. So on the 14th, some of you who are whatever that sign is after Virgo, um, you guys are going to have the oil moving into you as you're going into Halloween. So through this new moon, solar eclipse uh, into the uh, most veiled part of this month of the year, um, you're going to have that happen as you go into. So those of you who are whatever you are uh, for the next month, literally the moon is moving into your cycle while it's November going into the Samhain or the or the Day of the Dead or the uh, Hollows Eve, all Hollows Eve, all of that is the the, the thinnest, the, the veil is open. Um, that's going to happen while your guys' oil is illuminating you. So what we Virgos are going to have the second largest uh, um, explosion of, of knowledge in our brains, whoever is, comes in November, bang for you in the next three days. <laughs> Right. And then after that, whichever it goes in, by the end of the month, by the time we get to Halloween, you know, think of how, how many days there are left. There's there's 15 days. So three, six, nine, 12. Four, so there's three more, four more sun signs that are going to that come after. So all the sun signs of the rest of the year until January, all of you guys are all going to have this cycle happen to you before the end of this month. Right. But we are the only ones that get it during the actual new moon, right? Because then the moon is waxing again, even though the veiling, the veiling is still waning. So we're getting it really strong. And then the guys from November, you guys that start your sun sign after Virgo, you get it in the next three days. So you're getting it right as the new moon starts to wax and the veiling gets thinner. So it's going to be intense for you guys too. Um, so it's pretty intense, guys. So just let it happen. But know that. And know that during that time, learn the cycle, find out. Okay, see, Cassie, you're getting through the 26th to the 28th. Man, the veiling is going to be almost the only people after that are the 29th, 30th, and 31st. There's only three days there. Whoever's behind you is going to have the veil at the thinnest <laughs> of the year before it slams shut. So so uh, make sure you take care of yourself in that uh, time period. Uh, not that anything negative will happen to you. Just don't need to treat a life during that time period. So no sex for those three days, Cassie. And uh, no getting drunk, no alcohol, no sex, and uh, and eat decent food. Don't eat crap. So don't eat of the tree of life and, and meditate and, and that and for those three days. And bang, the veil is already thin enough. It's going to be a, a good illumination. So this part of the year is always in, insanely cool for those people who know what to do with it. Okay. So I got to go because I got to get dinner uh, uh, heated up for my mom and myself. I love you guys. Have a great day. If you can and you're in North America tomorrow or the North American continent. So even if you're in Canada, you in your west, northwest coast, you can watch the eclipse. You can watch it on TV, otherwise from around the world. Those of you on the other side of the world in Australia, I'm pretty sure you guys have a full moon, right? <laughs> you guys are going into a full moon down there. I, I think that's how the cycle works because you're on the opposite end. So you shouldn't be having a new moon because you're seeing it from a different perspective. But I haven't actually in, in looked at that to make sure that that's how it happens, that the bottom half is opposite the top half. I'm assuming that it is.
right? So you guys are uh, you know, now going into summer instead of uh, uh, going into winter like we are, even though the month is October, November, December, you guys are getting hotter down there in Australia. I know that, right? Uh, but the energy is still the same. That It's, it's all the same. It's just a, a different uh, a physical uh, energy at the time. Uh, so Christmas for you guys, if you're Christian, is in, down there is in the summer, the middle of the summer, instead of being in the snow for those people up under the clouds. All right, guys, I love you guys. Yeah, Cherries is very hot. I didn't realize you were in Australia as well. Mel's from Australia. Rick is from Australia. There's, so there was like three or four of you in here today that were from Australia uh, tonight, uh, today, this morning for you. It's, it's the 6.35 p.m. for me. You're 16 hours ahead of me. <laughs> so it's, it's early morning, almost afternoon for you. All right, guys, I love you guys. Have a great day. Uh, remember, the veil is getting thinner. Utilize that. Um, stay spiritual and allow it to happen because this is the time when it's easier. You don't have to fight the veiling because it is thin. But know that the evil people know that as well. And that's why they try to tell you, look out, evil is going to roam the earth during this time of the veiling. That's not that's not true. You just get to see it better because the veiling is thinner. I'm unveiled. So the only part of me, I have to look into the veiling to allow it to happen. The only time I'm veiled is when I first wake up. And, and I'm still halfway veiled and the ego starts talking to me. And that's when I, the first, when I wake up in the morning for the first minute or two is when I doubt most everything as I'm becoming more conscious back in this body. And then I go, wait a minute, <laughs> shush. And then I, uh, then I unveil myself again. Uh, but some of you don't know what that means. And so when I say I'm unveiled, people uh, sometimes go, okay, you're, you're full of crap making shit up. That's because you haven't unlocked that information so you don't know that. I love you guys. Have a great night. I will see you guys next week. Um, again, this is Orion Rising. I am your host, Leonard O'Neill. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, or good morrow, depending on where in the world you are tuning into this show.